following radio programs are original broadcasts. While enhancements have been made to the audio for clarity and listener enjoyment, no other edits or modifications have been made. The listener may hear advertisements and notices for tobacco products, alcohol, food, and or services that may no longer be available, nor are they endorsed by whose blind life is it anyway. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. This is Pepsi Mama welcoming you to another edition of the Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday. And today's date is Sunday, uh, April 2nd. I almost said January. I don't know where that came from, but anyway. <laughs> and with me is my cohort or co-host, Victor Gouveia. No, I'm hiding. <laughs> well, wherever you're hiding, I'm glad you're with me. <laughs> uh, we hope that you like what you hear. And uh, if you do like it, hit those like buttons on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and subscribe to our channel, um, Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? Uh, that's on Facebook and YouTube, it's Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? On uh, Twitter, it's Blind Whose, B-L-I-N-D-W-H-O-S-E. Um... Anyway, uh, you can, if you want to, if you can't listen to us live, you can listen to us on uh, just about any podcast player out there. So, um, or if you want to just listen to um, the arts program, it has its own podcast. If you don't want to, you know, go through the whole whose blind life is it anyway thing, you can catch arts on Anybody Alexa, out there? Uh, yeah, Alexa, Victor uh, line of players, you cast your Victor players or uh, Amazon, Amazon, any any Google kind of place. You, I can't Apple, think of a place. Yeah, Apple, Radio and all Public, iHeartRadio. I can't think of any place except Audible that you can't get them from. So, um, yeah. Um, so you should be able to find us. If you can't find us, write us and ask us. Uh, we'll help you. Uh, if you, How do people write us, Mama? Um, if you want to write to us with questions or comments or likes or dislikes or uh, uh, requests, whatever, uh Write to me at Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday, S-U-N-D-A-E, like ice cream, at gmail.com. So, now that we got that out of the way, um, this afternoon we're doing Dennis Day. And uh, he has always been one of my favorites because he's so stupid. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think he's in real life, but I mean, you know, I still think I still think he's the voice that did the singing in the 
Disney cartoon. Well, I I told you I believed you. Because he probably was. Because uh, he sounds exactly like that. But if you, you know, if you've ever watched, if you've ever listened or watched the Jack Benny show, um, he was the singer for a lot of years. I think he came on in 1940 um, after Kenny Baker left. Yeah, after his army stint. But, well, no, he came in, he came on before his army stint. No, no. Because, yes. Because uh, he, he was on in 1940, and Kenny Baker had just left, and then after he had to leave a little bit after that to go on his army stint. Oh. And, and he said, and because he, he said on the program uh, that he did right before he left, he said, gosh, I hope the military doesn't think I'm as, or he said, I hope the Navy doesn't think I'm as dumb as I act on this show <laughs> <laughs> and um, but if you ever think it, I think our listeners should know that while people are referring to the show as a day in the life of Dennis Day it's actually the RCA radio theater and they call it the Dennis Day Show. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I had that written down. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why people are calling it a day in the life well, of Dennis Day. Well, I mean, day. but you'll find it if if you get that uh, dumb dot com radio app that I've got, and you look for it, you'll find it called that. Yeah, I, so, I don't know why. And, uh, well, I, I so. Uh, I think somewhere along the line it got changed, but who knows? But anyway, it, well, what, it whatever. was it was changed in season two, but while it was still a part of the Ezio um, RCA hour, um, they called it the Dennis Day Show, and they even say it. They call it the Dennis Day Show when they announce it at the beginning. Well, either way, it's the same silly guy, and it's the same silly show, and uh, whatever your radio app has or whatever site you go to. Then I still can't get, get over ten freaking kids. Uh, yeah, he had. Yeah, he had ten kids. If he, I mean, how the them. hell did his wife do that? I mean, well, that's what they did back then. And wow, you see. Uh, if he couldn't do anything else, he was smart enough to do that, wasn't he? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or either that or he was making time for the Navy. <laughs> making up for being in the Navy. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, he had to be, that'd be the one thing that he had to be smart enough to do that. <laughs> uh, -huh. uh, but anyway, I love Dennis Day. I especially love to hear him sing. Um, but, I love his craziness, and I hope y'all enjoy it, too. Um, the first one that I have here is Dennis writes a script. And so 
Dennis just gets in too much confusion for me to sit here and <laughs> and and try to tell you what it's about because he he just he just messes up so bad. Uh, and I hope y'all love him as much as I do. So here we go. Gentlemen, Colgate Dental Cream presents the new Dennis Day Show, written by Frank Galen, with Sharon Douglas, Dink Trout, John Brown, Elliot Lewis, Joe Forte, Charles Dant in the orchestra, yours truly, Vern Smith, and starring the popular singer of the Jack Benny Show in A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. Twice a day and before every date, use Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Here's Dennis to sing Zippity-Doo-Dah. Zippity-Doo-Dah, Zippity-Ay. My, oh, my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of sunshine head my way. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay. Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder. It's the truth, it's actual. Everything is satisfactual. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay. Wonderful feeling, wonderful day. Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder. It's the truth, it's action. Everything is satisfactual. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay. Wonderful feeling. Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. No other toothpaste does a better job of cleaning your teeth than Colgate Dental Cream. For Colgate Dental Cream has a safe polishing agent that cleans your teeth both gently and thoroughly, brings out their natural sparkle and beauty. And scientific tests prove that Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. Yes, actual scientific tests prove conclusively that in 7 out of 10 cases, Colgate Dental Cream instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. Colgate Dental Cream is famous for its wonderful wake-up flavor, too. Nationwide tests of leading toothpaste prove that Colgate Dental Cream is preferred for flavor over other brands tested. So try Colgate Dental Cream to bring out the natural sparkle and beauty of your teeth for a wake-up flavor you'll thoroughly enjoy. And use Colgate Dental Cream twice a day and before every date to clean your breath while you clean your teeth.
as you know, Dennis Day rooms at the Anderson Boarding House in Weaverville, which is run, along with all its occupants, by Mrs. Anderson. But Mrs. Anderson isn't home this weekend. She's gone up to Middletown for the yearly pre-Thanksgiving pageant presented by the Middletown Little Theater League. Does Mr. Anderson miss his wife, you ask? Just listen. Well, it's nearly 8 o'clock, Mildred. Oh, I must be off for the lecture downtown. I... Oh, it should be, Daddy. When I dusted your dresser, I saw the name of the lecturer on the ticket. Hmm. Tassel's Latour, the Platinum Ball of Fire. <clears throat> well, yes, uh, he's a very interesting speaker. <laughs> you know, you better not let Mother hear you've been to a burlesque show. Oh, I know. I nearly gave myself away last time she went up to Middleton, too. Really? Yes. When she came in the house and took off her hat and coat, I applauded. <laughs> But Mrs. Anderson wasn't the only Weaverville visitor at the Middletown pageant this year. There was also Dennis's boss, Mr. Willoughby. Mr. Willoughby, however, doesn't seem too happy about his trip. When I went away, I left Dennis in charge of the drugstore. For that, I ought to have my head examined. I hadn't been out of the place ten minutes before he came in to see me. Of course, Dennis stepped right up. Good morning, sir. Uh, no, sir, he's away, but if I can help you, I... I'm sure you can, young man. I can see at a glance that you are bright and intelligent, a hustler and a go-getter with vision. In short, you are a man of distinction. Is that correct? No, sir, I never touch the stuff. <laughs> what I mean is, you're a man who knows a good proposition when he hears one. How much is your salary here? Eight dollars a week plus ten percent commission on everything I sell over my quota. I see. Then your salary and commission together come to... Eight dollars a week. <laughs> well, what would you think of a scheme that could raise that salary to twelve dollars a week? Maybe fourteen? Maybe even fifteen? Fifteen dollars a week? Little plan? No, sir. If there's that much money in it, it can't be honest. <laughs> oh, but it is, my friend. You see, I represent WEAV, Weaverville's new radio station. We can double his store's business overnight. And if Mr. Willoughby makes more money, you make more money. Your station can double our business? Certainly. You don't know the power of radio, my boy. Now, for instance, you listen to the Jack Benny program on your radio, don't you? Jack Benny? No, sir. You don't? No, sir. For some reason, I'm never home. <laughs> well, Jack Benny goes on the air every Sunday night and spells out LSMFT. LSMFT. Next day, millions of people go into stores and ask for the product. Really? I wouldn't even know how to pronounce it. <laughs> well, the point is we've signed up every progressive merchant in Weaverville for our opening program. Surely your boss wouldn't want to be left out. Oh, no, sir. Good. Here's a pen. Sign right here. Okay. There you are. Fine. You now have 15 minutes on Tuesday night to put on any sort of program you wish. Oh, thank you, sir. This is awfully nice of Not you. Not at all. Just tell your boss to mail his check to the station. His check? You mean you charge people to go on the radio? Certainly. Fifteen minutes comes to $150. You see, time on the air is very valuable property, and we... Say, were your eyes crossed like that when I came in? <laughs> you don't know my boss. You better give me back that oh, paper. Oh, no, this is a legal contract, pal. You can tell your boss about it. You'll be listening in on Tuesday night, of course. Yes, sir. If they have radios that... Oh, my goodness, Jim. It's $150. Uh-huh. Mr. Willoughby's going to raise the roof when he finds out, Mildred. But, 
maybe a radio show isn't such a bad idea for the spinny has done for his sponsor. Yeah, but Mr. Willoughby doesn't feel the same way about money as Jack Benny's sponsor. He feels the same... <laughs> Dolly, if we only had a good radio program to submit to Mr. Willoughby, he might put it on the air. Yeah, but where can we get one? You're going upstairs right now and write one. Me? Golly, Mildred, I couldn't write a radio program paper. Oh. <laughs> Dennis, I'll get you paper. Now, write a dramatic show like those morning serials, you know. Make it homey and sweet and down to earth, but original. Original? Yes, don't do one about life. Uh-huh. And another one is about a reporter. And there's one about an intern... You think of something that hasn't been invited. Okay. Good morning, Dennis. Morning, Mr. Willoughby. Did you enjoy the pageant at Middletown? I hated it. If there's anything I detest, it's plays and actors. Yes, sir. How do you feel about radio, Mr. Willoughby? Radio? Really, sir? Yes, sir. I, I turn it on all the time when I want to set my watch. <laughs> but if you had a radio program advertising your store, you could double your business. Radio programs cost money, Dennis. I consider spending money a nasty, dirty habit. <laughs> well, this program wouldn't cost much, Mr. Willoughby. I wrote it myself. Already? <laughs> oh, no, sir. My program is a dramatic morning serial. It's homey and down-to-earth, but different from anything on the air. Oh? Well, what's it called? Just plain Boris, King of Bulgaria. Huh? It's the story of a common, ordinary royal family A king and queen who could be your neighbor or mine Thank you very much I can do without it easily But being a radio sponsor has a lot of advantages, Mr. Willoughby No Number one, you'll be known all over as a big executive Number two, you'll be doing something creative Number three, you'll, you'll, you'll get to meet some awfully nice actors and actresses Number four, it'll help business hey, What was that last one? Number four? No, no, number three Number 3B. You mean about meeting actresses? That's the one. You detested actresses. I said actors. Actresses are built somewhat differently. Golly, you mean you will sponsor the radio program? Well, now, that depends on the cost. How much money will I have to spend? $10? Uh, $20? Well, let's not discuss money. It's so sordid. Dennis, I've got to know how much this thing will cost. Well... So far, expenses are $150. $150? Yes, sir, for the station. Couldn't you just rent a station? Did you have to buy one? <laughs> oh, that's for the time. We've got to pay that because I signed the contract. They can sue you. Sue me, eh? I made a mistake. It could happen to anyone. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I've made mistakes, too. In fact, I guess once in my life I committed an unpardonable sin. You did, Mr. Willoughby? I must have done it. Why else would you be sent to work for me? <laughs> oh, but he was awfully mad. Oh, but he agreed to put on the show, huh? Well, he'll have to pay for the time, but how can I get actors for nothing? Oh, golly. Let's see now. If only Mr. Willoughby hadn't let me mind the story when he went to Milltown to see the little theater pageant this morning. The little town, little theater. Pageant, that's it. Again, I said something? <laughs> sure. There are the actors for your program. But they wouldn't act for nothing. Well, they might for, we'll say, a big Hollywood producer. Well, we're going to get a big Hollywood producer. We have one. You. Me? Yes. All you have to do is go over to Middletown and claim you're a big shot from Hollywood. Well, I'll try it. 
But I hope they don't notice my pants or they'll know I'm not from Hollywood. Your pants? What's the matter with your pants? They match my coat. Continue our story. Here's Dennis Day singing Falling in Love with Love. Falling in love with love is falling for make-believe. Falling in love with love is playing. Caring too much is such a juvenile fancy. Learning to trust is just for children in school. I fell in love with love one night when the moon was full. I was unwise with eyes unable to see. I fell in love with love with love everlasting. To a day in the life of Dennis Day, who, in the guise of a big Hollywood film magnet, is about to knock on the door of the Middletown Little Theater League in an effort to get some actors to do his forthcoming radio. And got Mr. Anderson along with him as his yes man. Yes? How do you do, my good man? I'm Orson Metro Day, the big Hollywood producer from Hollywood. From Hollywood? Yes, it's located right near L.A., or as the tourists put it, Los Angeles. We movie folks always call it L.A. Saves so much of our valuable time. Well, come in, gentlemen, come in. Ah, but this is thrilling to think that a great Hollywood producer should call upon me, an humble actor who has gained undying fame on the stages of the world, who has appeared before the crowned heads of Europe, and who in 19 and 28 received a write-up over three inches long in Variety. Variety? The horse racing paper, old boy. Oh, yes, O.D. Ah, how I envy you living in Hollywood, that fabulous land. I suppose you're a Drowman's Chinese all the time. Oh, yes, I wouldn't send my shirts anywhere else. <laughs> Your shirts? Well, uh, uh, Mr. Day is a little confused. Your town is quite a change after Hollywood. Oh, yes, it must be. Uh, Mr. Day, do you live near Beverly Hills? Oh, yes, indeed. Oh. <laughs> 
Hollywood, Mr. Day? Of course, my beau. I was sitting in the brown derby with my feet in the cement. <laughs> well, Mr. Visit, is it a business call? Yes, my friend. I'm always in the market for talent. When I saw your pageant, I said to myself, there's the man for the new picture you're making at Goldwyn Studios. Or as I always call it, Sam's Place. <laughs> I'm very much flattered. However, I've been expecting a picture offer for some time. Naturally. Uh, <laughs> shall we discuss remuneration? Remuneration? He'd like to discuss remuneration, Anderson. Remuneration? Oh, yes, O.D. I'm sorry, old man, but neither of us knows what it means. Well, it means salary, wages. Oh, that stuff. Oh, I'm sorry, but we couldn't possibly discuss that until after the radio tryout. The radio tryout? Yes, we want you and your entire troupe to act in a radio play as a sort of a test. For a very small sum, I suppose. Not quite that much. <laughs> For nothing? All oh, Hollywood will be listening in, my boy. Your screen career will be in the balance. Oh, well. All right, I suppose I'll have to do it. Ah, good. Who knows where you may climb to if this is a hit? You may become a second Clark Gable, another Charles Boyer, bigger even than Lassie. <laughs> Gee, I hope so. Tonight's the big night, Dennis. Got your cast all lined up? Oh, yes, Mr. Willoughby. We're all ready to go. Good. Uh, I've been reading your script, and I took the liberty of making a few very minor changes. Just trivial things, you know. I hope you don't mind. Oh, no, sir. Now, for instance, you have the hero marrying Margaret at the end. I had him marry Geraldine. Is that all right? Well, I suppose so, although Geraldine is, is his sister. <laughs> uh, not anymore. I changed it so they hardly know each other. But they have to know each other. They live in the palace together. Oh, it isn't a palace now. It's a shoe factory. And Geraldine just works there. But it was in the palace that the Greek discovered the missing pearl in the royal chambers on Saturday morning. He finds it now in a sewer. Oh. Only it isn't a pearl, it's the Mona Lisa. And he isn't a Greek anymore. He's a Democrat. More uh, interesting, don't you think? Yes, sir. After all, they're only minor changes. It still takes place on Saturday morning. <laughs> yes, that's true. Did you make any other changes? Well, that's all, except for a small one on page 20. You know where the Russian comes in and says, Da. Yes, sir. You changed that line? Oh, no, no, no. That line is perfect. Oh, thank you, sir. I just cut out the rest of the page. <laughs> I, uh, I also put a new title on the story. I hope you don't mind these trivial little changes. Oh, no, sir. Well, I'd better get the fountain cleaned. We'll be on the air in an hour. Good evening, sir. I'd like some grease paint, please. Oh, my gosh. My star actor. The clerk will wait on you, sir. He's behind the soda fountain. Well, very well. Clark, I'd like some grease paint, please. We haven't got any. Try down the street. Do you mind taking your head out of that ice cream can? I can't hear what you're saying. <laughs> Dennis, take your head out of the ice cream can. Yes, sir. That's better now. I... <laughs> you? Huh? Why, you're Orson Metro Day. Who? Oh, you must mean my uncle, Orson Day, the movie producer. Your uncle? You look exactly like him. Yeah, he's my twin uncle. <laughs> Mr. Day, don't be absurd. 
What are you doing back at that fountain with the white apron on? Well, I was making myself a marshmallow sundae. It's sort of a hobby of mine. Oh, I see. You Hollywoodians certainly are an eccentric lot. Yeah, aren't we, though? Dennis, you better let me handle this customer. It's getting late. You go in the back and sweep the place out. Sweep the place out? Yeah, I got all kinds of hobbies. And uh, while you're at it, don't forget to take out the garbage. Take out the garbage? I'll bet you won't find one man in ten with that one. So, Mr. Austin Metro Day of Hollywood, eh? And we were going to appear on your radio show tonight. A fat chance. But, sir, ah, Good day, Mr. Bye. Mr. Bye? What was that all about, Dennis? Well, remember you made some slight changes in the script? Yes. He just made some slight changes in the casting. Stand by with the Willoughby Drugstore program, folks. You're on in ten seconds. Golly, ten seconds. Gosh, Mr. Willoughby, what are we going to do? We have no actors. Dennis, this program is going on the air even if you have to play all the parts yourself. But, Mr. Willoughby... Oh, you can do it, Dennis. I'll play the girl's part and you play all the men. Oh, no, Mildred, I... I... on the air. Willoughby's Drugstore presents Zelda Popkin, Girl Good Humor Man. <laughs> the program that asks the question, can a woman marry for the third time and still be happy, even if her first two husbands remain in the house? <laughs> At last, Ronson Popkin has been discharged from the Navy. And now, after five long years of waiting and yearning, without even a glimpse of each other, Ronson stands upon the Popkin doorstep. Zelda speaks. Hello, Ronson. Hiya, Zelda. Dinner ready? Oh. <laughs> Almost. Uncle Ivanovich is here for dinner, too. Here he comes now. Say hello to him, Ronson. Hello, Uncle Ivanovich. But you have to play Uncle Ivanovich, too, Dennis. Speak with an accent. Hasta la vista, senor Ronson. I'm glad to see you. <laughs> Dennis, Uncle Ivanovich is supposed to be from Moscow. Oh. I'm glad for to meet you, Gus. How are you? Is it? Dennis, <laughs> Moscow's in Russia. Oh, how do you do? <laughs> That's better. Oh, well, we have quite a crowd for dinner tonight, Ronson. Uncle Ivanovich brought our cousin Louie from the Bronx with him. I'm cousin Louie from the Bronx, too? Yes. Evening, folks. How are you all? <laughs> and look, Ronson, here comes Grandpa downstairs. Hello, Grandpa. Evening, Sonny. Sure is a mighty cold night. Yes, indeed, it sure is. Yes, sure Patrolman O'Flaherty. Hello, Mr. O'Flaherty. Top of the evening to you there, Ronnie, me boy. Faith, and it's a fine night. It's his indeed, and it's a grand night for the drop of the rain. <laughs> <laughs> I do the Why, Ronson, see who's coming up the wall. Oh, no, Mildred, I can't do that. But you've got to get it. Ronson, see who's coming up the wall. <laughs> You sit here, Mr. O'Flaherty. Sure thing, sport. I, I said Mr. O'Flaherty, Dennis. Oh, pardon me. Evening, folks. How are you? Hello, Dennis. How do you do? Dennis. <laughs> oh, Dennis, you imbecile. Give me that script. I'll do it. Read your last line again, Mildred. Um, 
You sit here, Mr. O'Flaherty. Si, senor. We, monsieur. Hi, you all, mine head. Oh, shut up. Play some music, somebody. Get us out of this. For heaven's sake, Dennis Day will return in a moment with a song, but first, here's a fact worth knowing. Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. And now our Colgate players want to show you how important that is. Listen. It's just definitely not fair, Claire. I'm the one who writes the letters, and you're the girl who gets the mail. Maybe what you write is wrong. Do you really think that's the trouble? No. Truthfully, I don't bet. In fact, I know the reason why Dan hasn't written to you lately. And you haven't told me? Good grief. What am I? Not one of those girls who ought to see her dentist. Well, I think you'd see more letters from Dan if you'd see your dentist, Beth. And here's what Beth found out. Scientific tests have proved that in seven out of ten cases, Colgate Dental Cream instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, Colgate Dental Cream's safe polishing agent brings out the natural sparkle of your teeth, cleans them thoroughly and safely. Yes, Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath. While it cleans your teeth. And Colgate Dental Cream is famous for its wonderful wake-up flavor, too. In fact, nationwide tests of leading toothpaste prove that Colgate Dental Cream is preferred for flavor over other brands tested. So, to clean your teeth thoroughly and safely, for a wake-up flavor everyone enjoys, use Colgate Dental Cream. Remember, Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. Dennis with Charles Dance arrangement of Old Buttermilk Sky. Old Buttermilk Sky, I'm keeping my eye peeled on you. What's the good word tonight? Are you gonna be mellow tonight? Old Buttermilk As a Christmas tree Heading for the one I love I'm gonna pop her the question That question Do you, darling, do you do? It'll be easy So easy If I can only Will you 
sure and be with us again next week for another Dennis Day program. More songs, more adventures in the life of our star, Dennis Day. Meanwhile, be sure to use Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Say hello to Halo Shampoo for naturally bright and beautiful hair. Remember, even finest soaps and soap shampoos hide the natural luster of your hair with dulling soap film. But Halo Shampoo contains no soap, therefore leaves no dulling soap film. Even in hardest water, Halo makes oceans of rich, fragrant lather, quickly banishes loose dandruff and dirt. Halo needs no lemon or vinegar rinse. Say hello to Halo and goodbye to dulling soap film. Get Halo Shampoo at any cosmetic counter. This is Dennis again. Good night, everybody. NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. Hi, y'all. It's Pepsi Mama back again. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, the next one that we've got, it's called Sing for the King. Kick back, get you something to eat, something to drink, and... Um, Victor, I think, is drinking some iced coffee, but who knows? That's what yes. he—that's what he likes. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see you after this. Palmolive Pea Company, makers of Colgate Metal Cream, take this opportunity to wish you a Merry Christmas. And now, Colgate Dental Cream presents the Dennis Day Show, written by Frank Galen, with Sharon Douglas, Dink Trout, Paula Winslow, Charles Dant and the Orchestra, yours truly, Vern Smith, and starring our popular young singer in A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. Here's Dennis to sing A Gal in Calico. Met a gal in Calico way down in Santa Fe. I used to be her Sunday bow till I rode away. Do I want her? Do I want her love? Mystery. Will I win her? Working with the rodeo Go from town to town 
She wants every kind of gal, every kind of gal. But who made my heart sing? Yippee I, yippee oh, my little gal in calico. Gonna quit the rodeo. Gonna settle down. Buy a boat, a calico. For a wedding gown, when will I fend for it? Yippee I, yippee oh, my little gal in calico. Most of you know our young hero, Dennis, very well by this time, but those of you who will be making his acquaintance for the first time on these Wednesday nights would probably like to know just what sort of person he is. Well, let's ask the folks who know him best. First, there's his landlady, Mrs. Anderson, who runs the boarding house in Weaverville where Dennis rooms. Mrs. Anderson, what's your honest opinion of Dennis Day? My opinion of Dennis Day is that he's a 22-year-old boy. Well, yes, of course, but uh, what sort of 22-year-old boy? Well, I'm sorry, but that's as far as I'd care to go on. Well, it's a fact that Dennis has never managed to get into Mrs. Anderson's good graces. Now, Mr. Anderson, on the other hand, kind of likes him, although he's never come right out and admitted it. And just why haven't you, Mr. Anderson? Well, it all goes back to when I first married my dear wife. Or, as I like to call her, the big woman. Go on, Mr. Anderson. You see... When we were married, we made a pact, Poopsie and I. <laughs> we decided we'd always think and act as one person. Of course, I didn't know then that the one person would turn out to be Poopsie. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, there's one member of the Anderson family who likes Dennis and makes no bones about it. That's their daughter, Mildred, our young hero's girlfriend. Right now, on this fine Christmas morning, she's carefully planted herself under the mistletoe in the Anderson living room as Dennis comes down for breakfast. Morning, Mildred. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Dennis. Boy, I sure I'm hungry this morning. See you after breakfast, huh? What? Dennis, wait. What's the matter? Well, don't you notice? I'm standing someplace. Well, that happens very often when you're not sitting down. <laughs> I don't mean that, silly. Now, look around carefully. Don't you see anything different? You're wearing a new dress? No, higher. You washed your face? <laughs> Dennis, what's over my head? Hair. I mean on the chandelier. Don't you see what's tied to it? A piece of mistletoe. Oh, I see now. Pretty, isn't it? Oh. Dennis, I'm standing right under it. Well, don't worry. A little thing like that couldn't hurt you if it did fall off. <laughs> Didn't you ever hear of mistletoe, Dennis? If a man happens to find a girl standing under it, he can kiss her. Gosh, really? Yes. And you happen to find me standing under it. <laughs> well. Oh, I couldn't take advantage of an accident. <laughs> but it, it wasn't an accident, Dennis. I stood here on purpose. Mildred. I did it so you'd kiss me. I want you to kiss me. You women are all alike. No one wants my brains, only my kisses. <laughs> I know how desirable I am, but you should fight it. 
arguing about it. Come here, Dennis Day. Please, Mildred, you're mussing my I hair. I don't care. Now, stand still. Well, so that's the sort of thing that goes on in my house. Brother. Hello, Mrs. Anderson. What's new? <laughs> don't put on any act with me. I saw you kissing my daughter. Give me one reason why I should walk in and find such a thing going on. We didn't expect you. Well, it was all my fault, Mother. Really, it was. You see, it's Christmas, and there was mistletoe, and I was standing under it, and... Well, anyway, it was only a little peck on the cheek. That's true, Mrs. Anderson, and I promise it won't happen again until we've been married for years. (laughs) Married, indeed. Young man, you've been nothing but trouble to me since you began boarding here. I suggest that you look for another place to live as soon as you can. But, Mrs. Anderson... That's my last word on the subject. Gee, now I'm in a fine mess. Golly, I'm sorry, Dennis. You wouldn't have gotten in trouble if only I hadn't insisted on kissing you. Oh, that's all right. As a matter of fact, I, I kind of like being kissed. Oh, did you, Dennis? Yeah. I see now why so many people speak so well of it. <laughs> Gee, I hope Mother doesn't really make you move. No, it wouldn't be much of a Christmas if she did. Oh, dear, I nearly forgot with so many things going on. What? There's a little present for you inside, underneath the tree. For me. Gosh, thanks, Mildred. I I hope you won't be too disappointed, but I didn't have enough money to buy you an expensive present this year. Oh, well, that's all right, Dennis. I'll be every bit as happy with a present that costs practically nothing. I didn't have enough to buy you one of those, either. <laughs> Well, don't feel badly. I understand. Next year, I'll be able to give you something real nice to make up for it after my invention is put on the market. Your invention? Yeah. I haven't told you because I wanted it to be a surprise. You see, one day last week, Mrs. Courtney came into the drugstore to get something for a terrible headache. So I made up a wet pack out of some stuff I found, and she put it on her head. And it cured her headache? No, it made her headache worse, but it curled her hair. I haven't told a soul yet, but I think I've invented a permanent wave solution. It should be worth millions. Oh, I should say so. Have you tried it on anyone besides Mrs. Courtney? No, but Mr. Willoughby's police dog sat in some the other day. And what happened? Well, the part that box is still police dog, but the part that wags is pure French poodle. <laughs> I'm improving it all the time. Why, just yesterday, I put some powder from France I found in the place. Oh, golly, I've just had the most wonderful idea. What? My mother's got to know about this. Why, when she sees what you've got hold of, she'll never let you move up. Oh, she won't believe it's any good if I invented it. Oh, but that's just it. She's got to try some herself. But how are we going to get her to do that? Oh, look, she's in the next room. You go in and hand in a subtle way that she doesn't look quite as attractive for Christmas as she might. Her hair looks a little strange. And then you show her your invention and ask her to try some. On her head. Golly, I'll do it. I've got a jar of it right here in my pocket. Good. Oh, but you've got to be very diplomatic about telling her she could look more attractive. Here goes. Mrs. Anderson? Yes? You know, I was just thinking, you're pretty ugly today. <laughs> I don't mean all over, just above your neck. How dare you talk to me like that? Mrs. Anderson, wait. You don't understand. What I meant is you're beautiful. Only your hair kind of spoils it. Uh, my, my hair? Yeah, it's so straight. Why, if you had curly hair, you could look just like Lana Turner all over instead of just locally. Oh. <laughs> well, oh, that's very sweet of you, Dennis. Oh, but my hair's always been straight, even up 
permanent doesn't curl it. Well, I have some stuff right here that will, Mrs. Anderson. If you'll just put some on your head in two or three minutes, you'll be amazed. Well, if it's as good as all that, I certainly will try it. That's well. Come out and show Mildred. Well, she... Oh, good morning, Mr. Anderson. Good morning, Dennis. Uh, my lover girl in there? Yes, but don't go in, Mr. Anderson. You're going to get a surprise in a minute. I am? Yeah. How would you like it if your wife suddenly became Lana Turner? Outside of Lana Turner suddenly becoming my wife, I can't think of anything nicer. <laughs> well, you just wait. You really think it works, Dennis? Oh, sure. And with that French powder I put in yesterday to make it smell nice, she'll just love it. Well, what kind of French powder was it? Oh, I don't know. Only the name of the maker was on the box. Some fellow named Plaster of Paris. <laughs> You're a Paris. Oh, Dennis, no. I did something? Did something? We're finished forever. Mildred, what do you mean? Yes, what are you two talking about? Well, how do I look? Well, my head feels awfully peculiar. <laughs> really, Mother? Yes. How do you like it, Herbert? Oh, very nice, Poopsie. That's the first sensible hat I've ever seen you wear. Hat? I'm not wearing a hat. You mean that's you? Certainly. This is my new hairdo. Don't you think you overdoed it? <laughs> what do you mean? Get out of the way so I can see myself in the mirror. Why, I don't... Ah! My hair! It's ruined! Listen to it. Well, there's nothing to worry about, Mrs. Anderson. I'll have your head in fine shape as soon as I get hold of a hammer. Oh, a hammer? Yeah, that's the only way I can get that shiny white crust off your head. Fine thing. It was supposed to be Lana Turner and me. Now it's the egg and I. Oh, here, use this, Dennis. The fire tongs. Okay. Hold still, Mrs. Anderson. Oh. Oh. There, see? Dennis, say, I told you once today to leave this house as soon as you can. Well, I can't wait. You're leaving this instant. Mrs. Anderson, I was only trying to help. Get out of my sight. That's final. Come, Herbert. She didn't turn out to be a very Merry Christmas, did it, Mildred? No, I'm afraid not. Oh, but don't worry, Dennis. We'll find some way to see each other. Gee, I hope so. Oh, well, Dennis, listen. Yeah, a bunch of kids singing carols. It'd be kind of nice to have them in, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. Open the door, Dennis. Let's have them in. Okay. Hey, fellas, come on in. Mrs. Anderson may have something for you. Okay, come on, guys. You better shake the snow off your shoes. Mrs. Anderson is very particular about her rugs. Come on in, boys. Yes, ma'am. Thank yes, you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Hey, what about that little fellow out there in the snow? Isn't he coming in? No, nah, he don't sing with us. He just follows us around. Yeah, everywhere we go, he tags along. We can't get rid of him. He's a pest. Hey, fella, why don't you come up here on the porch? You'll catch cold out there. Come on up. Don't be afraid. What's your name? Cecil. Oh, your name is Cecil, huh? Yes, sir. Cecil. Well, come on up, Cecil. Yes, sir. See? You are catching cold. I'm not cold. You're not crying, are you? Yes, sir. You are? But this is Christmas. You shouldn't be crying on Christmas. Yes, sir. What are you crying about, Cecil? They won't let me sing with them. They won't let you sing with them? Why not? I got braces on my teeth. They say I don't sing good. Well, I don't believe it. I'll just bet that you're a real good singer. No, 
I'm not. I don't really sing good. You don't? No, sir. I don't sing good, but I like to sing anyway. I like to sing more than anything in the whole world. Sure you do. And that's what makes singing really important. To want to sing from the bottom of your heart, whether you can really sing or not. It is? It certainly is. You know, once upon a time, there was a little boy just like you. Well, this little boy wanted to sing more than anything else in the whole world. Honest? Uh-huh. And one night he had a vision. And the vision told him never to stop singing, because someday he would sing for the king. What's a vision? A vision? Oh, a vision of something like a dream, I think. Well, this little boy... What was his name? His name? Oh, I don't know what his name was. You see, it was a very long time ago. How long ago? Oh, a long, long time ago. Did he sing over the radio? No, this was long before radios and phonographs and moving pictures. Before Jeff Benny? <laughs> yes, even before that. God. It was a long, long time ago in a land far, far away. The little boy came from a very poor family. Though his father and mother worked hard, they could barely buy enough bread to eat. The boy had no shoes to wear, and his clothes were ragged and torn. But he didn't care, for he was happy. He had a song in his heart. Life is fair on a summer's day. Sweet the western wind is blowing. One day his father called the boy to his side and said... Why is it, my son, that you always sing? We are poor and have little for you to sing and be happy about. And the boy answered, I am happy, father, for someday I know I shall sing for the king. And his father said, That foolish vision of yours. You must forget such nonsense. For a poor ragged boy like you will never sing for the king. And the boy said, Told me so. It was so clear to me, father. A voice spoke to me and said that I had been chosen to sing for the king. The boy's father was sorely troubled. He shook his head sadly and sighed. My son, you must put such idle dreams out of your head, for tomorrow you shall start to work for the rich landowner who lives on the hill. Gladly, father, and I shall sing as I work, for some day my song will be heard by the king. The boy's father returned to his work, knowing that his words could not shake his son's faith in his vision, in his tattered clothes flapping in the breeze and his shoeless feet kicking up the dust. The dust rose and danced with the sunbeams, leaving a happy trail behind the boy as he sang. Life is fair on a summer's day, sweet the western wind is blowing. And so the boy went to work for the rich landowner. He tended to the flocks of sheep and to the goats. At dusk, when the boy would drive the flocks home from the meadows, the hooves of the animals would make a gentle sound on the road. And with this as music, the boy would sing. Life is fair on a summer's day. Sweet the western wind is blowing. One day, not long after... The landowner called the boy to him and said, Hearken to me, boy. I pay you to care for my flocks, not to fill the air with your incessant song. I'm sorry, master. I meant to bother no one with my singing. The sheep and the goats don't mind. I am neither a sheep or a goat. 
So I mind. You see, Master, I must sing, for someday my song will be heard by the king. Ah, you're a mad boy. Yea, mad and also stupid. Sing for the king. Be gone with you. Be gone with you. But, Master, I shall sing for the king. You will see. And so it came to pass that the boy, laughed at and ridiculed by all who knew him, left and went to the great city to sing for the king. Never had the boy seen such a city. Great buildings lined the streets, and the greatest of all was the palace of the king. There were many steps that led up to the palace gates, and the gates themselves were as tall as a tree. He felt very small and afraid as he ascended the steps. He would have run away, but he kept thinking of his vision. But this, to give him strength, he was no longer afraid. He climbed and climbed, and finally, tired and out of breath, he reached the uppermost step. Smoothing down his ragged garments, he approached the gates. And hesitantly, he knocked upon them. He waited breathlessly as the gates slowly opened. Who knocks at the palace of the king? The boy looked up at the tall guard and said, I, I, I did. Ragged beggar, what is it you want? I, I am not a beggar. Speak up, what is it you want? I have come because of a vision. I have come to sing for the king. You? Sing for the king? <laughs> you, a ragged beggar boy, I have come to sing for the king. <laughs> the guard laughed and laughed. Other guards came, and they too joined in the laughter. They laughed even more when the boy told them of his vision. Then, tiring of their laughter, they picked the boy up and cast him down the many steps to the street below. And slammed the gates shut. The boy picked himself up out of the dirt at the bottom of the steps. And sadly, with his head bent, he walked away from the palace. That night, weary from his journey and unable to travel further, the boy stopped to rest by the side of a hill. Sheep were grazing nearby, and as he fell asleep, the boy knew that he would never sing again. He was awakened that night by a strange light, a light that transformed everything about him, a light from a great star that shone above. There wasn't a sound. All was hushed. A hush, a quiet, a silence beyond words to describe. Even the sheep on the hillside and the doves in the trees seemed to sense the silence. And then the light seemed to become even brighter, bathing all in a glow that made them one. The boy, the hill, the earth, the grass, the animals all became one, and one alone. The boy raised himself from the ground, not daring to breathe. Then he felt a song swelling in his throat. He could contain himself no longer. Something was compelling him to sing. He stood up straight and small on the hill. What if they had laughed at him? What if his song was unwanted? He felt he must sing now, here now in this divine night. So he stood, his tattered clothes shimmering in the light of the star above, for like the raiment of angels. And he sang. Ave Maria, 
saw a man coming up the hill toward him. The man was a shepherd, and he carried a crooked staff. The boy said, I thought I was alone here on the hill. And the shepherd said, You will never be alone again, boy. No man will ever be alone again. And then the shepherd turned and pointed down the hill. And the boy looked and saw a small stable nestled below. And the shepherd, turning to the boy, said, Tonight, my son... You sang for a king. 
verily the King of Kings. And so you see, Cecil, if your heart is full of song, you must sing. Oh, I didn't know you folks were listening. It was a lovely story, Dennis. It was beautiful, Dennis. Yes, it was. Yes, it was a very nice story. And I, I'm sorry I got so angry with you. I hope you forgive me, Dennis. Oh, sure. That's all right, Mrs. Anderson. Cecil, would you like to sing with us? Oh, gosh, I'd love to sing with you. I'd love to sing with you. Will you let me, honest? Will you let me sing with you? Sure. How about we all sing together? makers of Colgate Dental Cream hope you've enjoyed a very pleasant Christmas and sends to every one of you best wishes for the new year. Dennis Day can be heard with Jack Benny every Sunday and be sure and be with us again next week for another Dennis Day program. More songs, more adventures in the life of our star, Dennis Day. Bobby Driscoll will play the part of Cecil, appears through the courtesy of Walt Disney, and can be seen in the Technicolor picture, Song of the South. All the other parts in the Christmas story were played by Dennis, of course. The special musical background was by Charles Dant. This is Vern Smith speaking. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. Um, the next one, this one was really crazy. I mean, can you, if you kind of know Dennis Day now, uh, can you imagine him with amnesia? Uh, and this huh. one was really crazy, really f- messed up. <laughs> but um, it's called amnesia, so see you when it's over.
gentlemen, Colgate Dental Cream presents the Dennis Day Show, written by Frank Galen, with Paula Winslow, Dink Trout, John Brown, Charles Dant in the orchestra, yours truly, Vern Smith, and starring our popular young singer in A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. Twice a day and before every date, use your breath while you clean your teeth. Here's Dennis to sing McNamara's Band. Oh, me name is McNamara, I'm the leader of the band. Although we're few in numbers, we're the finest in the land. We play at wakes and weddings and at every fancy ball. And when we play to funerals, we play the march from Saul. Oh, the drums go bang and the cymbals clang and the horns, they play the way. The party pumps the old bassoon while I the pipes to play. And Hennessy, Tennessee, toodles the flute and the music, something grand. A credit to old Ireland. Right now we are rehearsing for a very swell affair. The annual celebration, all the gentry will be there. When Eisenhower to Ireland came, he took me by the hand. Says he, I never saw the lights of McNamara's band. Oh, what a band you have there. The greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my name is Uncle Julius, and from Stephen A. have come to play with McNamara's band and big debate by drum. And when I march along the street, the ladies think I'm grand. They shout, there's Uncle Julius playing with an Irish band. The drums go bang and the cymbals clang and the horns they blaze away. The party pumps the old bassoon while I the pipes do play. And Hennessy, Tennessee, tootles the flute and the music something grand. A credit to old Ireland is McNamara's band. It's the grandest and the finest and the most wonderful band that I've ever seen. If you don't agree, just, uh, just to be sociable, I'll fight the best man in the house. <coughs> and I'm not long for this world. <laughs> Credit to old Ireland is McNamara's back. Holy dental cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. No other toothpaste does a better job of cleaning your teeth than Colgate Dental Cream. For Colgate Dental Cream has a safe polishing and thoroughly brings out their natural sparkle and beauty. And scientific tests prove that Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. Yes, actual scientific tests prove conclusively that in seven out of ten cases, Colgate Dental Cream instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. Colgate Dental Cream is famous for its wonderful wake-up flavor, too. Nationwide tests of leading toothpastes prove that Colgate Dental Cream is preferred for flavor over other brands tested. So try Colgate Dental Cream to bring out the natural sparkle and beauty of your teeth for a wake-up flavor you'll thoroughly enjoy. And use Colgate Dental Cream twice a day and before every date to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Well, 
Well, it's late afternoon as we look in at the Anderson Boarding House in Weaverville, where our young hero, Dennis Day, rooms. An afternoon you might think like any other. But if you did, you'd be wrong. For as far as our hero is concerned, it's just about the greatest afternoon of his life. He's just burst open the front door of the Anderson house in a state of wild excitement to come face to face with his astonished girlfriend, Mildred Anderson. Mildred, the evening paper. Is it here? My picture's in it, Mildred. My picture. Your picture? Yeah, for the Weaverville safety campaign to cut down street accidents. You see, some people cross the streets outside of the safety zone, some cross against the lights, some cross diagonally from corner to corner. But why did they take your picture? I was the first person to do everything wrong at the same time. <laughs> oh, so that's it. Sure, I'm famous. I've been chosen the pedestrian most likely to decease. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? Well, yes, I guess so. How long has this safety campaign been going on? Oh, it started this morning. The mayor began it himself with speeches at the corner of 3rd and Elman from the hospital. Gee, two speeches in one morning? Well, it was really one speech continued. While he was speaking at the corner of 3rd and Elm, a car hit him. <laughs> well, the paper's right here. Let's see now. Look, right there, on page one. Read that caption. Um... Do you wish to visit a cemetery permanently? All you have to do is walk across the street in the criminally careless manner of Dennis Day, 22, whose photo appears above. That's me. (laughs) At first, Mr. Day was believed drunk or crazy, but it was later learned he walks this way all the time. I'm going to send clippings to all my friends. given you quite a... Why, Huh? The picture. It isn't your picture at all. Oh, Mildred, you must be mistaken. I'm not. Look. Your hair's black. This man's a blonde. You're clean-shaven. He has a mustache. You have a small nose and he has a great big one. And you're wearing a blue suit. He has on a gray one with a jewelry button in the lapel. Don't you see? Gee, you're right. It can't be me. I'm a Democrat. <laughs> Of course it isn't you. They ran a picture of another man over your story. Oh, that's a fine thing. I nearly get myself killed and they give someone else credit for it. Yes, I know how you feel. Gee whiz. Well, I'm going over to Aunt Marjorie's house for dinner. I guess I won't see you till tomorrow. Okay, Mildred. Done it anyway. And I was going to use that picture to start a couple of scrapbooks for our children. Gee... Do you really think we'll have some someday, Dennis? Why not? I saw some swollen's for sale at Woolworths the other day. <laughs> well, I'll see you tomorrow, Mildred. Dinner will be ready as soon as Dennis comes down, Herbert. Uh, very well, Popsy. <laughs> You had a little talk with your daughter about that young man. No, I doubt if it'll do much good. I probably won't get any further with her than I do with you, green thing. <laughs> well, see that you try. Send me that evening paper over there on the table, Herbert. Uh, yes, lover girl. May I look at my part of it? Here. Thank you. My, the classified ad section is bigger than usual tonight. <laughs> Great Scott. 
What's the matter? Why, right here on page 18, among the ads, there's a picture of Dennis Day. Dennis Day? What's his picture doing in the paper? Well, listen to what it says on it. Still missing after four years' search, Skylar Van Rensselaer, heir to the great Van Rensselaer sardine fortune, pictured above, is believed amnesia victim. You mean... Oh, Herbert, it can't be Dennis Day. Amnesia. So that's it. I knew no one could act like Dennis does and be normal. (laughs) Oh, that poor, unfortunate, dear, sweet, rich boy. Gosh, Dennis Day isn't Dennis Day, the soda jerk at all. He's Skylar Van Rensselaer, who was in the fish business. I knew there was something about that boy. Really? Well, I've stood very close to him, and I never noticed it. (laughs) Read the rest of it, Herbert. Well, it it, it just says, Young Van Rensselaer was born November 17th, 1926. His brother and sister are offering $10,000 reward to anyone successfully aiding him in the recovery of his memory. $10,000! Herbert, we've got to bring back that boy's memory. My maternal instincts have been aroused. Yes, I know how you feel. Well, uh, we'll see. I hear him coming downstairs now. Now, I'll handle this, Herbert. You aren't to say one word until I tell you. Do you understand? Very well. Hello, Mrs. Anderson. Mr. Anderson, dinner ready yet? Uh, Dennis, I, uh, I want to talk to you. To me, Mrs. Anderson? Yes. Do you know who you are, my boy? Well, yes, ma'am, I think so. Who? Well, offhand, I'd say I was me. No. I'm not? Definitely not. We have proof. Gee, I was so certain, too. Now, Dennis, try to think. Do you remember your father? Oh, sure. He was a relative of mine. (laughs) Did he ever discuss with you what you'd be doing in your later life? Well, let's see. I do remember my father saying he hoped I'd grow up. Yes? That's all. (laughs) We'll try a new tack. What do you know about your birth? Well, I'm pretty sure it happened. I don't mean that. Do you remember where you were born? Well, Mother told me it was in a small town out west. Wrong. You were born in a big eastern city. Oh. Well, anyway, it was in 1925. Wrong again. It was 1926. In June? November. Gee, Mother didn't know much about me, did she? <laughs> Herbert, you may take over. Uh, yes, Pupsy. Now, Dennis... I want you to concentrate. Yes, sir, on what? Sardines. Yes, sir. Are you concentrating on sardines? Yes, sir. Good. Now tell me, who is your father? A sardine? Oopsie, <laughs> you may have it back again. I give up. No. Wait a minute. Of course. You know how loss of memory is always cured in the movies. A sudden blow on the head. Hand me the fire tongs, Herbert. Oopsie, no, you can't. We're not sure he is Skyler Van Rensselaer. So if he's Dennis Day, have I lost anything? No, Oopsie, but there must be another way. If the boy has two selves, we'll bring the other one out. Uh, meanwhile, let's go into dinner, huh? Yeah, that's a good idea, Mrs. Anderson. Both of me is very hungry. <laughs> Before we continue a day in the life of Skylar Van Rensselaer, here's our young hero, Dennis Day, to sing I'll Never Love Again. I'll never love again If you forget me 
my heart would let me love someone new. I'll never dream again. How could I go on dreaming if each dream that we made would have suddenly fade in the blue? I'll never thrill again. Someone's kiss For what good would it do If you I'll miss My heart is yours alone So be careful, don't break it Or if you ever should Darling, I Transposed newspaper photograph, the Andersons are convinced that Dennis Day is really Skylar Van Rensselaer suffering from amnesia. It's the following morning now, and Dennis has left for his job at Willoughby's drugstore. Meanwhile, Mrs. Anderson is enlisting Mr. Willoughby's aide over the phone in restoring Dennis's memory. But Mrs. Anderson, it's incredible. You're positive it was his picture? Hmm. Well, we've got to restore that poor boy's memory. Not only for the $10,000 reward, but for other reasons. Which don't interest me. Huh? Well, uh, shock sometimes snaps them out of it. I may try that. Yes, you see, shock. Oh, I'll have to hang up, Mrs. Anderson. Here you go. Good morning, Mr. Will. Who? I, I beg your pardon, sir? Quick, what's your name? Mr. Willoughby, do you feel all right? Of course I do. What's your name? Gee, if you can't remember it, don't go near Mrs. Anderson. She'll let you have it with a fire tongue. <laughs> Dennis, you need help. You've got to recover your true identity of Skylar Van Rensselaer. Yeah, that's what Mrs. Anderson says, too. Well, there's only one way to get that help, my boy. Go to a psychiatrist. Do you think a foot doctor can help me? <laughs> a psychiatrist is a doctor of the mind, Dennis. And there's a very good one right here in Weaverville. Case is much more abnormal than your son. One patient of his bit his nails. Well, a person can bite his nails and still be normal, can he? Not when he does it right through his shoes. <laughs> I know Dr. Allsberg can straighten you out, my boy. Will you go to see him? But, Mr. Willoughby, I'm perfectly normal. Honest, I am. Dennis, you want to be heir to a fortune, don't you? Gee, you mean a psychiatrist can do that for me? He certainly can. Boy, that's different. I should have gone to one of those fellows before I ever started working. Splendid. I'll phone him that you're on the way. Come in, my boy. Come right in. Thank you, Doctor. Now then, you're the young man who thinks he's Dennis Day. That's your trouble, is it? Yes, sir. And I've got a bed. <laughs> well, we'll soon have you all straightened out. Suppose we get a little of your background. What you remember of it. Yes, sir. Let's go right back to your babyhood. What kind of a baby were you? A boy. <laughs> yes, I know. 
But was there anything unusual or odd about your babyhood? Well, half the time I couldn't see. Ah, I couldn't see? That's right. It was on account of my mother being so nearsighted. Oh, heredity, eh? Oh, no, sir. It was just that half the time she put the rubber pants on the wrong end of me. <laughs> Perhaps we should take uh, a somewhat later age. Say about the time you first became... Pardon? Well, you realize there is an age at which young men become acutely aware of girls, don't you? Oh, yes, sir, and I can hardly wait. <laughs> hmm. Obviously, schizophrenic. Again, I would like to beg it. Schizophrenic, split personality. Oh. You have submerged your true character, hard-drinking, woman-chasing Van Rensselaer, beneath the assumed character of Dennis Day, who is just the opposite. Do I make myself clear? Oh, yes, sir. It's just that I don't know what you're talking about. In other words, your amnesia is caused by an inner revulsion to your true self. I can confirm my findings with a very simple test. Have you ever heard of word association? No, sir. I don't join many clubs. <laughs> I'm referring to a psychopathological test. Or to try and put it more understandably, neurasthenic. You missed. <laughs> In any event, I will give you a word. You want to tell me the word you associate with it. Ready? Yes, sir. Black. Black. Black? I thought you'd say white. We just... It isn't an argument, it's a test. If I said boy, you'd say girl. All right. Chair. Thanks, but I've already got one. Chair is the word. You're supposed to say her with you. I'm sorry, sir. I'll try it again, son. Okay, try it again. <laughs> I am trying it again. Please listen, son. I'm listening, Pop. <laughs> son is the word I gave you. You're supposed to tell me the word it makes you think of. Oh, moon. <laughs> At last. You finally understand what I mean. Are you ready now? Yes, sir. Good. Bad. That isn't the word. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. I'll give you the word now. Table. Martin O'Malley. What has Martin O'Malley got to do with table? Well, he's a friend of mine from Hooperstown where I used to live. He was always under it. <laughs> well, so much for word association. Yes, sir. In fact, for tests of all kinds. <laughs> Young man, there is only one practical treatment for your condition. Hypnosis. Hypnosis? Yes. You'll permit me to put you into an induced hypnotic trance as distinguished from the one you're in now. <laughs> I believe I can reactivate your subconscious and restore your identity. You mean you're going to hypnotize me? Exactly, if you will permit it. Well, there is a fortune waiting for me, I hear. Go ahead. Very well. Now look deep into my eyes. That's it. You're getting drowsy. 
Your senses are becoming numb. You're falling asleep. Asleep. Sleep. Sleep. Hey, Doc, wake up. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Sometimes it goes into reverse. Ah, look into my eyes again. Deep into my eyes. You're getting drowsy. Languorous. That's it. You're falling asleep. Sleep. Sleep. You are now in a hypnotic state. Listen to me. You are not Dennis Day. I am not Dennis Day. Your name is Skylar Van Rensselaer. My name is Skylar Van Rensselaer. You are very rich. I'm loaded. You're a playboy, mad about women. I'm a playboy, mad about women. You like to take a drink now and then. <laughs> when you awaken, you will go home, but remember nothing of Dennis Day. You will be Skylar Van Rensselaer, the playboy. And now, awaken. <laughs> Still no sign of him, Pupsy. Are you sure the boy's all right? Of course he's all right, Herbert. Mr. Willoughby told me on the phone to send him to Dr. Allsberg, the psychiatrist. And you really think that he'll come back here thinking he's Skylar Van Rensselaer? I do. Well, if I know Dennis, there's a much better chance that Dr. Allsberg will go back to Vienna thinking he's Sigmund Freud. <laughs> You're always... Oh, that may be he. I'll go. Dennis. The name is Skylar, Shorty. Who are you? Why, why, don't you know me? I'm Herbert Anderson. Glad to meet you, Herbie. Is that all there is of you, or are you standing in a manhole? <laughs> My goodness gracious. Oh, there you are, Dennis. You're back. Who's this character, Shorty? Your mother? <laughs> what? How dare you? Skip it, babe. Babe! Why, you never called me anything but Mrs. Anderson in your life. Well, don't crowd your luck. Oh. <laughs> well, how about a little snort, huh? Just a single scotch with a gin chaser for me. I'm on the wagon. <laughs> Mr. Van Rensselaer. Mother, have you heard of... Oh, there you are. Hiya, baby. What's next? Oh, <laughs> Dennis. My name isn't Dennis, Toots. Just call me Captain Royal. Captain Royal? Because I'm bad medicine, Toot. Yahoo! Get your coat on. We'll go for a drive in the park. But I don't want to drive in the park. You not only get a drive in the park with me, babe, you get a park in the drive. Mother. Mother, what's come over Dennis? Why, he's become a terrible ladies' man. Yes, sir. All I need now is a terrible lady. You for the top? You busy? Frizzle top? Why, you've got... You've got... I've got ten million dollars. 
yes, you you have, haven't you? I'll forget it. This is the babe I'm interested in. What do you say, dollface? Oh, how could you be so awful? You ought to be ashamed. Now, don't race your motor, toots. I'm feeling give in if you're feeling give out <laughs> Mildred, Mr. and Mrs. Anderson, what? Where, where am I? Uh-oh, I think the enchanted hour is over. <laughs> Why, you're home, Dennis. What on earth happened to you? Gosh, I don't know. The last I remember, I was in Dr. Osberg's office. He hypnotized me. Hypnotized you? Then you're not Skylar Van Rensselaer. Oh, please, don't start that again. I'm Dennis Day, honest I am. Mildred, did I... Did I act funny? I should say you did. And the things you had nerve enough to say to my mother. Oh, golly. I'm going down to the doctor's office right now and tell him off plenty. And I'm going with you, Dennis. Are you going to tell him off too, Mr. Anderson? No, sir. I'm going down for a treatment. Dennis Day will be back in just a moment with a song. But first, here's a fact worth knowing. Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. And just how important that is, our Colgate players are here to demonstrate for you. As our curtain goes up, we find a policeman looking over a young boy who is sitting on a porch. Did you see that, Officer Cassidy? Did you see Mary slam that door? Jeepers, a fine thing when my girl puts out both the cat and me. Danny, if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I wouldn't be believing this. Might I be inquiring what's the charge? Well, that's what I don't know, Officer Cassidy. The girl won't talk. Why, I bet even the third degree wouldn't get a reason out of Mary. Well, now, I wonder if you're in the clear on a certain charge I'm thinking of, Danny. You know it could do you no harm to appear before your dentist may buy. And here's what Danny found out. Scientific tests have proved that in seven out of ten cases, Colgate Dental Cream instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, Colgate Dental Cream's safe polishing agent brings out the natural sparkle of your teeth, cleans them thoroughly and safely. Yes, Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. And Colgate Dental Cream is famous for its wonderful wake-up flavor, too. In fact, nationwide tests of leading toothpaste prove that Colgate Dental Cream is preferred for flavor over other brands tested. So to clean your teeth thoroughly and safely for a wake-up flavor everyone enjoys, use Colgate Dental Cream. Remember, Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. Here's Dennis Day and Charles Dance's beautiful arrangement of September Song. Oh, the days will 
Dennis Day can be heard with Jeff Benny every Sunday. And be sure and be with us again next week for another Dennis Day program. More songs, more adventures in the life of our star, Dennis Day. Meanwhile, be sure to use Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. This next one is called Dennis and the Other Woman. Can you imagine such? Um, <laughs> I... It was a pretty good when um, people were thinking he had another woman and he didn't have another woman and it just got crazier and crazier. So um, anyway, gave me something to laugh about on a dream. How the hell did he have time for another woman with ten kids? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, see, I don't think on the show he had ten kids. That was in real life. <laughs> but I guess in those in those days, I mean... It was the woman's job to be at home with the kids. Oh, yeah. Women didn't work back then. And, uh... Plus, he was bringing in a lot of money, wasn't he, per episode? He wasn't bringing it to me, though. No, no, true. Maybe but I... then would... again, you weren't married to him. Well, it's not my fault. Well, I guess... Right, I, you I were wasn't. still waiting for Benny... Benny, uh... Jack Benny. Jack Benny, yeah. Oh, he, he couldn't get his mind off uh, Mary. True. In fact, Mary is the one that introduced Jack Benny to Dennis Day. <laughs> but <laughs> she's funny. But nobody loves me. <laughs> I love you, honey. Oh, bless your little pig-picking heart. I love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy this one, folks. Gentlemen, Colgate Dental Cream presents the Dennis Day Show, written by Frank Galen, with Paula Winslow, Dink Trout, John Brown, Charles Dant and the orchestra, yours truly, Vern Smith, and starring our popular young singer in A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. Twice a day and before every date, use Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Here's Dennis to sing one of Harry Lauder's famous songs, The Wick Wag Wiggle of the Kilt. I'll never forget the day I went and joined the 93rd. The chums I used to run with said they thought I looked absurd. They saluted me and gathered through me in a ring. And as they wagged me tart to kill, they all began to sing. He's a cop, a heel, a laddie, 
fry the duck's potato. There's nothing in a soldier like a man in a Scotch brigade. Real than I'm a heather, you can see he's got it built by the wig, wig, wiggle, wiggle, waggle of the kilt. Oh, I'm telling you, lads and lassies, there's nothing like the smell of the bagpipe and the wiggle of the kilt. Oh, I'll never forget the day we were ordered on review. The king came down to see us, and the queen was we in two. As I must by the royal coach, the king just shook his head. The queen put on a royal specs and looked at me and said, He's a poor fraud, hiding that air, private job with me. There's not another soldier like him in the Scots Brigade. Reared among the heather, you can see he's Scottish built by the wig, wig, wig. Oh dear, dear, he's too utterly, utterly, utterly. He's a bra-bra, heel and laddie, private of the king. There's nothing other soldier like him in the Scots Brigade. Reared among the heather, you can see he's Scottish built. By the wig, wig, wiggle, wiggle, waggle, oh, the kills by the wig, wag, 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 wag. wiggly, waggle, wiggle, oh, the kills hoot, mug. Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath. While it cleans your teeth, no other toothpaste does a better job of cleaning your teeth than Colgate Dental Cream. For Colgate Dental Cream has a safe polishing agent that cleans your teeth both gently and thoroughly, brings out their natural sparkle and beauty. And scientific tests prove that Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. Yes, actual scientific tests prove conclusively that in seven out of ten cases, Colgate Dental Cream instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. Colgate Dental Cream is famous for its wonderful wake-up flavor, too. Nationwide tests of leading toothpastes prove that Colgate Dental Cream is preferred for flavor over other brands tested. So try Colgate Dental Cream to bring out the natural sparkle and beauty of your teeth for a wake-up flavor you'll thoroughly enjoy. And use Colgate Dental Cream twice a day and before every date to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Well, it's dead of night now as we look in on the little town of Weaverville, nearly 10 p.m., and our young hero, Dennis Day, is walking home from a movie with his girlfriend, Mildred Anderson. The picture they've just seen has evidently affected Mildred a great deal, for only now, as they near the Anderson boarding house, does she break the silence she's maintained since they left the theater. You know something, Dennis? I've been thinking. I know, Mildred. I've been watching you and admiring. It's that picture we just saw, the best years of our lives. Why, that could be the story of us, Dennis, of your life and mine. It could. Oh, isn't the problem Dana Andrews had the same as yours? Didn't he come home from the war and have to take a job as a soda jerk just like you? Yeah, but he can always earn $3,000 a week on the side as an actor. (laughs) That isn't what I mean, Dennis. Look at his marriage. His marriage? During the war, he got married in haste to a beautiful blonde with a gorgeous figure. When he came back and found out she wasn't his type mentally, 
He walked out on her. I know. Lots of things happen in the movies that don't happen in real life. <laughs> but that's just it, Dennis. Unhappy marriages happen every day in real life. One of us could turn out to be exactly like that beautiful blonde in the picture. Oh, I could never make it. <laughs> Dennis, I'm trying to get across a point. Oh. After Dana Andrews was married, he fell in love with Frederick March's daughter. The same thing might happen to you. How could it? I don't even know Frederick March's daughter. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, you might meet someone you like better than me after it's too late. Oh, never. Well, how do you know? Look. Tonight, as we sat watching that movie, you held my hand, didn't you? I couldn't help it. Your perfume inflamed me. <laughs> All right. But have you ever sat in a darkened theater balcony with anyone else? Sure. And did you hold hands then? No. Why not? He was a fella. <laughs> Dennis, tell me the truth. How many girls have you ever gone out with? You mean altogether, counting you? Yes. One. <laughs> You see, that's the point I've been trying to make. You can't be sure you're really truly in love with me because you've never had an opportunity to test your love. But I don't have to test it. I'm sure of it. You can't be until you take out other girls, too. Well, I don't want to take out other girls, too, Mildred. It wouldn't be fair to you. Why not? Well, gee, you've got enough expenses now. It might be worth it to make certain. No, Mildred. Other girls don't interest me in any way. I don't interest them. Are you sure? Have you ever tried to meet another girl? Well, I, uh, I once dropped my handkerchief in front of one on the street. <laughs> well, what happened? She picked it up and blew my nose. <laughs> oh. I guess I'm just not easy to love. Other girls don't know you like I do, Dennis. Someday that wonderful personality that's deep down inside of you will come bursting out and every woman in town will fight to get you. Gee, I hope you'll hide me till I get it back inside again. <laughs> oh, I will. Well, here we are at the house. Yes. Maybe we'd better say goodnight out here, Dennis. The folks are sleeping. All right. Mildred, I, uh, that, that perfume you're wearing, it's, it's, Mildred, could I, I mean... Would you? Yes, Dennis. Would you shake hands good night with me? Yes, Dennis. Good night. Good night, Mildred. Chum. Good morning, Willoughby's Drugstore. Oh, yes, Mrs. Willoughby. Huh? No, he isn't in yet. Oh, yes, ma'am. I'll have him call you the minute he gets here. Yes, ma'am. Goodbye. Morning, Dennis. Morning, Mr. Willoughby. Your wife just... Say, how come you're wearing hip boots and fishing clothes and got those two poles on your shoulder? Yes. <laughs> you're going fishing? Good boy. <laughs> Very first try. Oh, I... Anyone could have done it. Your wife wants you to call right away, Mr. Willoughby. She says it's very important. I kind of thought she'd be calling. That's why I'm going fishing. And I've already left, Dennis. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Trouble on the home front? Plenty. My lodge had a banquet and meeting last night. The bald eagles, nest 53. 
And I got home at 4 a.m. My wife didn't care particularly for the way I walked through our front door. No? No. She thinks I should have opened it first. Gosh. And that isn't all. Imagine what she'll say when she learns that we had a line of chorus girls to entertain us at the party. Women, Dennis. Yeah, I know. Chorus girls always are. (laughs) You're so right. And if memory serves, I got rather friendly with one of the dear creatures in a, a perfectly harmless way, of course. Oh, your wife wouldn't mind that. The average woman wants her man to test his love for her. Oh, really? My wife happens to be well below average. I guess I'm luckier than you that way. Undoubtedly. Now, if you run to the back of the store and make me up a few liverwurst sandwiches to take along, I'll be on my way. Yes, sir. I'll have them right away for you, Mr. Willoughby. Oh, my head. Why do I do these things? Hello, little bald eagle. (laughs) Remember me from last night? Little old Dixie with the cute little Trixie? We, uh, uh, yes, uh, yes, indeed. How are you, friend? Friend? That isn't what you called me last night. All right. <laughs> Snuggle poo. <laughs> That's better. Remember you told me to look you up sometime? Well, here I am. Oh, did I say that? Uh-huh. A friend of mine stopped a picture at the party last night. I thought you might like to see it. Or, uh, perhaps your wife would. A picture? A group picture. Mm-hmm. Just you and me, sugar. Why, that's a small group, isn't it? <laughs> Were we close together? I was sitting on your lap. That's fairly close together. <laughs> isn't it? It's such a nice picture, I want you to have it. That is... If uh, I pay for it. Oh, you're a quick one. And after all, what's $50 to a man like you? Fifty? Owning a big drugstore and all No, 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 wait a minute. I, 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 I lied to you. I, I, I don't own the store at all. Huh? And I, I just work here. The, the real boss is... Say, if I put you next to a real sucker, uh, will you give me that picture? Who is he? The head of the whole drug chain. Why, 50 bucks is dirt with a guy like that. He's good for thousands. His name is Dennis Day. And he's right here in the store now. Oh, a big tycoon, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, give me the picture. Well, okay. But this guy better be all you say, sugar. Oh, he is, he is. Only, don't be surprised if he seems a little puzzled or bewildered at first. <laughs> He, he puts on a dopey act to fool people. Oh, that's okay, honey. I prefer him dopey. I picked you out, didn't I? Yes. yes. Well, I... Oh, I hear him coming. I better get out of here. Good luck. Here's the sandwiches all ready for you, Mr... Why, where's Mr. Willoughby? Who cares when there's a great, big, gorgeous hunk of stuff like you around? Love bundle. Who? Me? Mm, are you a dreamboat? Come here, you beautiful stick of dynamite. Who? Me? I'll say you really send me dream man. Who? I? Oh, now, beautiful. 
Is that all you can say to a girl? You can be nice. Come on. Try. Would you care for a liverwurst sandwich? <laughs> Baby, can't you see this thing is too big for either of us? You're not going to fight it, are you? I don't know. Am I mad at it? <laughs> Y'all face. Don't you know what's happened? I think I do. My personality's burst out. I'll say it has. I was warned that someday it would. You desire me, huh? <laughs> I can't live without you, gorgeous. But I love another. At least I think I do. Say, this may be my chance to find out. Would you care to take part in a very interesting scientific test? Well, if it's with you, yes. I want you for my own darling for always and always. Be careful. This may be mere infatuation on your part, although I doubt it. <laughs> no. It's the real thing. I know it is. What do you feel for me, dearest? Amazement. <laughs> is that all? I'm not so hard to take, Dreamboat. Look me over carefully. You are kind of pretty. How about my figure, love of all? It's quite female. <laughs> Thank you. Now, uh, what's this test you're talking about? Well, could you be at the Anderson boarding house around 8 tonight? We'll spend the evening just the way Mildred and I always do, listening to the radio. I'll know after that whether I love you or her. Is that all you and this Mildred do when you're home alone? I'm listening to the radio. Sure. When her folks are out, we can turn on any, any program we want to. Well, I uh, thought you and I might do something a little more exciting tonight, like playing games. Okay, I'll have the Parcheesi board all set up. <laughs> well, it's a date. A and now can I use your phone, sweet stuff? Oh, sure. There's one in the back of the store. Mm, thanks. I'll find it. Hello. Sam, this is Dixie. Listen, I got the prize sucker of all time. Will it be? Better. A rich kid that's never been kissed or taken. Tonight he gets both. <laughs> we pull the old badgie game, huh? Right. I'll have in my arms at the Anderson boarding house on Elm. At 825, you rush in as the angry husband will shake him down for every cent he's got. <laughs> great, kid, great. I'll be there at 825 on the dot. Bye-bye. Did you get your party okay? Oh, yes. I told my old gray-haired mother I'd be home a little late. Well, <laughs> till the night, brown eyes. You and I. Oh, alone. Gee, say, I don't even know your name. It's Dixie, honey. And after tonight, you'll remember it for a long, long time. <laughs> Good night, you beautiful hunk of... Oh. Gosh, Mildred may be right. These may be the best years of my life. <laughs> Hello? Yes, Mrs. Willoughby. No, ma'am. He left for the mountains ten years ten minutes ago. <laughs> ma'am? No, he left for the mountains ten minutes ago to go fishing and he hasn't come back yet. What? Ooh, what you said. Huh? Oh, in case he calls, you'll be at Mrs. Anderson's house? Okay, Mrs. Willoughby, I'll tell him. Bye, Mrs. Willoughby. 
Gee, was she mad. I'm going to wash out my ears with soap. Why, Grace Willoughby, what on earth do you want with Herbert? Remember the Bon Ton department store contest? Yes. Well, a refrigerator was the prize for the best 25 words from a husband's wife on why I shop at the Bon Ton. Well, I won. They notified me this morning. Oh, how wonderful. What did you send in? Well, I couldn't seem to think of anything brilliant, so I just wrote, if we win, we will pay our bill. They seem to like it. <laughs> well... What's Herbert got to do with all this? Well, the Bonton wants a picture of the winning husband and wife. No picture, no refrigerator. And where's my husband? Off fishing. Well, can't they wait till he gets home? The photographer's coming tonight so they can get out the publicity tomorrow. That's why I need Herbert. But everyone at the Bonton knows Herbert and they'll... Wait a minute. How about Dennis Day? Dennis Day? Who'd believe I married him? <laughs> Besides, he'd blab it all over town. Well, don't tell him what the picture's for. Flatter him into having it taken with you. Flatter him? Yes. You stay to dinner and tell the photographer to come over here right afterwards. And if he walks in and finds Dennis with his arms around you, he'll believe you two are married. Well, I'll try it, but it's an awful thing to go through just to keep food cold. <laughs> Mr. Anderson, would you say I have a lure? A lure, Dennis? Yes, for one of the opposite sex. For instance, say a woman. Well, you do look rather ravishing in your new Mickey Mouse sweatshirt. <laughs> Why do you ask? Well, last night, Mildred told me other women would go for me, and today, in the store, one did. And tonight at dinner, Mrs. Willoughby kept staring at me so strangely. Maybe there's something irresistible about the way you chew. <laughs> I don't think that's it. Oh, no? Well, what then? I'm afraid I'm a femme fatale. Uh... <laughs> I doubt if you're the type, Dennis. However, oh, I... Oh, there you are, Dennis. Herbert, we'll go upstairs. I believe Mrs. Willoughby wants to be alone with Dennis. See, Mr. Anderson? You better stay. You're right, Dennis. I'm staying. Herbert? So long, Dennis. I'm leaving. <laughs> Come along, Herbert. Lead the way, oh dream eternal. Well, here we are, all alone. I guess you know that I like you a great deal, Dennis. Well, here we go again. Oh, but I do. But you shouldn't, Mrs. Willoughby. You've got to fight it. Fight it? You're a married woman. You promise to love, honor, and cherish Mr. Willoughby. Start cherishing. Oh. Dennis, you seem to be under a false impression. I don't feel about you in that way at all. You mean you're not in love with me? No. Is that possible? <laughs> it is. I think of you only as a, as a very dear friend. Well, what do you know? And I hoped you felt the same way toward me, Dennis, because uh, there's a little favor you could do for me, if you would. Oh, sure, gladly. Well, I want to have our pictures snapped together for sentimental reasons. Okay, you get a picture of you and I'll get one of me and we'll snap them together. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd like a picture of the two of us taken together. Oh, well, I guess that can be arranged. Oh, good, you have no idea how worried... Oh, someone at the door, I think... No, don't get up. I know who it is. 
It's someone I've been expecting. Put your arms around me, quick. Huh? I said, put your arms around me. Mrs. Willoughby, I'm getting that false impression again. Dennis, will you stop arguing and kiss me? Kiss you? Yes. Put your lips to mine and yell, come in. It won't come out very clear. Oh. Oh, well, for goodness sakes. All right, I'll answer it. Hello, I'm from the Bonton Department Store. Uh, Mrs. Willoughby told me to come to this address and take a picture. Is that right? Yes. Yes. My husband's in the next room. Will you follow me, please? Dennis, uh, this gentleman is a photographer. Boy, you sure are a woman of action. Well, I'm ready. You, huh? I thought you'd be a much older man. Me? Oh, no. I've never been any older than this. Would you make this just as fast as you can, please? We haven't got much time. Yes, ma'am. I'm all set. Put your arms around this, sir, and hold her as close as possible. But isn't that kind of intimate? Sure, that's the idea. But suppose my girlfriend sees it. What'll she think? Well, Dennis, we won't worry about that. Say, you're really broad-minded, lady. <laughs> Please, let's just get on with the picture. We don't have very much... Oh, Come in. Dennis, darling. Dixie. Am I late? Who's she? Another girlfriend of mine, a different one. <laughs> Why ain't my family like this? <laughs> Boy, let's get rid of all these characters and listen to that radio. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that. Who's this old moose, gorgeous? Dixie, please. This old moose happens to be my boss's wife. Well, just take me in your arms, honey, and tell her to beat it. Why, how dare you? I need Dennis, and I want him. He's mine. I saw him first. You did no such thing. I've known him for months. Well, I won't give him up. Gee, I'll never go out in public again without a mask on. Dennis, tell this woman that you're mine. Dennis, tell her you're mine. I belong to all women, everywhere. (laughs) What would a sweet, intelligent boy like this want with a woman like you, anyway? All I know is he's gorgeous, and I want him. Well, he's much too fine a person to be fought over like this. Yeah, I'm too fine a... You shut up. Excuse me. That's kind of interesting, you know. <laughs> I won't give this boy up, and that's final. Nor will I. I mean every word of it. What is all this noise I've been hearing? Dennis Day, come here. I'm sorry, Mrs. Anderson, but you'll have to wait your turn. What? Well, I have... Dennis! Mildred. Hey, bud, you're going to get in trouble. you got a monopoly. <laughs> Why, what does all this mean, Dennis? Mildred, it isn't my fault, honest. I've inflamed the mad desires of two women, and they can't control themselves. Dennis, you mean you... We should have sold tickets. <laughs> It must be Sam. Ah, you homewrecker. So I find you in a lonely rendezvous with... With... With two men and four women? <laughs> no, you tell we're out of luck. Let's get out of here. Who else say? Come on. I'm leaving, too. I should figure who's married to who in this setup. 
Well, there goes my refrigerator, thanks to Dennis Day. Me? Mrs. Willoughby, what are I you... I shall speak to my husband about you, young man. Good night. Mrs. Anderson, what did she... Don't bother me. I'm going to bed. Mildred, what are they... Oh, all... women. Oh, you beast. You cat. I never want to see you again. Mildred, I... Oh, gosh. Well, I might as well go to bed, too. In fact, there's nothing else I can do. I think my personality went in again. <laughs> Dennis Day will be back in just a moment with a song. But first, here's a fact worth knowing. Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. And that's important, as our Colgate players are going to demonstrate for you. Our curtain goes up on a young man who has just had a door slammed in his face and who is now getting similar rough treatment from none other than Dan Cupid. Well, no use hanging around a door that's been slammed in your face, bud. No use me hanging around either. Oh, wait a sec, Dan. Give me the pitch. Your girl gave you that when she slammed the door in your face, pal. The language of love, bud, she said scram. But how come both you and Mary dropped me like a hot potato? Come on, Cupid, give. Okay, Carolus, here it is. Your girl's gone and I'm going. Because you ought to have a serious talk with your dentist. And here's what Bud found out. Scientific tests have proved that in seven out of ten cases, Colgate Dental Cream instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, Colgate Dental Cream Safe Polishing Agent brings out the natural sparkle of your teeth. Cleans them thoroughly and safely. Yes, Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. And Colgate Dental Cream is famous for its wonderful wake-up flavor, too. In fact, nationwide tests of leading toothpastes prove that Colgate Dental Cream is preferred for flavor over other brands tested. So to clean your teeth thoroughly and safely, for a wake-up flavor everyone enjoys, use Colgate Dental Cream. Remember, Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. Here's Dennis Day with Charles Dance in the orchestra to sing Life Can Be Beautiful. Life can be beautiful. How do I know? How do I beautiful? Just hold me.
this one, we have all, or just about all of us who have ever worked, we've had to do this once in a while ourselves. And uh, most of the time, you get nowhere. Once in a great moon, you might get some sensible employer, but uh, Dennis asks for a raise. Poor fella doesn't get it, but he asks for it anyway. <laughs> Here we go. Gentlemen, Colgate Dental Cream presents the Dennis Day Show, written by Frank Galen, with Paula Winslow, Dink Trout, John Brown, Charles Dant in the orchestra, yours truly, Vern Smith, and starring our popular young singer in A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. Twice a day and before every date, use Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Here's Dennis to sing, When Am I Going to Kiss You Good Morning? When am I going to kiss you good morning? Just like I kiss you good night. How can it be a beautiful morning? If you are not in my side, I'm not the kind who goes for all those hit-and-run kisses. I won't be satisfied until we're Mr. and Mrs. But when am I gonna kiss you good morning? Just like I kiss you good night. Mm, I'd like to kiss you good morning. Just like I kiss you goodnight When can I put the ring on your finger? When will we do it upright? We hide away in some cafe The candlelight bewitching I'd rather have those ham and eggs In our little kitchen But when am I gonna kiss you goodnight? Just like I kissed you good night last night. Just like I kissed you good night. Cream cleans your breath. While it cleans your teeth, no other toothpaste does a better job of cleaning your teeth than Colgate Dental Cream. For Colgate Dental Cream has a safe polishing agent that cleans your teeth both gently and thoroughly, brings out their natural sparkle and beauty. And scientific tests prove that Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. Yes, actual scientific tests prove conclusively that in 7 out of 10 cases, Colgate Dental Cream instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. Colgate Dental Cream is famous for its wonderful wake-up flavor, too. 
Nationwide tests of leading toothpastes prove that Colgate Dental Cream is preferred for flavor over other brands tested. So try Colgate Dental Cream to bring out the natural sparkle and beauty of your teeth for a wake-up flavor you'll thoroughly enjoy. And use Colgate Dental Cream twice a day and before every date to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Well, it's breakfast time as we look in at the Anderson Boarding House in Weaverville, where our young hero, Dennis Day, rooms. And Dennis has just come downstairs. But there isn't any breakfast on the table this morning. In fact, the table isn't even set. And Mildred and the head of the Anderson family are both strangely absent. Morning, Mr. Anderson. Where's Mrs. Anderson and Mildred? They're down at the hospital, Dennis. The hospital? Mr. Anderson, you don't mean... Uh Oh, no, 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 no. They just went down there to be with that young Blake woman who lives next door. Oh. Yes. See, at five o'clock this morning, Mrs. Blake was blessed with a little visitor. You mean she had, if you'll pardon the expression, a baby? (laughs) She did indeed. Gee, what are they going to call the child? Uh, Rosalie. Probably a girl, huh? (laughs) Well, that's the opinion down at the hospital. (laughs) Anyhow, Mr. Blake's been in New York on business, so Poopsie's staying with his wife until he can get here on the afternoon plane. Oh, I see. Boy, I'll bet Mr. Blake was thrilled when he heard the news. Yes, and that's a thrill that should come to every married man, Dennis. It's always been my opinion that men should become fathers. Mine too, Mr. Anderson, because if they don't, who's gonna? What I mean is that every man should settle down and raise a family, Dennis. And that means you. Gee, it's nice of you to group me with the men, Mr. Anderson. (laughs) How could I possibly afford it on my salary? Well, have you ever asked Mr. Willoughby for a raise? Sure. And? He said I was a blankety-blank young upstart. Hmm. Just like that? No, he filled in the blanks. (laughs) Well, maybe you weren't forceful enough. He'd take a different tone if you threatened to quit. You mean to leave him? Of course. That's what I did with my first boss. Why, when I went in to see him, I didn't know the meaning of the word fear. That is before I was married, of course. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Now, look, let's rehearse your speech right now. We'll pretend that I'm Mr. Willoughby, and you've come in to see me about a raise, okay? Okay. What'll I say? Say, Mr. Willoughby, I insist on more money. Say it just like that. All right. Mr. Willoughby, I insist on more money. <laughs> oh, no. In your own voice, Dennis. My goodness. Okay. Uh, Mr. Willoughby, I, uh, that is, could you, uh, I mean, uh, would you? No, Dennis. You've got to be firm. Now, you want something. Put yourself in the same mood that you're in when you demand a kiss from Mildred. Now, go ahead. All right. Mr. Willoughby, kiss me. Dennis! <laughs> slipped out, Mr. Anderson. The mood carried me away. Well, now, do it now. Do it right this time. You're demanding a raise. Get tough. Try to frighten me. Okay, I will. Mr. Willoughby? Yes, Dennis? Ah! <laughs> Very good. Now, make me really cringe. Mr. Willoughby, it's time we had a showdown. I want more money, see? And if I don't get it, I'm walking out that door for good. Oh, please, Dennis. You can't do this to me. Don't quit. I'll give you anything you say. Anything, only don't quit. No, please, Dennis, please. Gee, Mr. Anderson, you're a wonderful cringer. Thank you, son. 
Now, you go down to that drugstore and give it to Mr. Willoughby the way you gave it to me. He'll act just like I did. Gee, I hope so. Although I thought you overdid it a little when you got down on your knees and started licking my hand. <laughs> and so off our young hero went to the drugstore, determined to put Mr. Anderson's advice to the test. Straight up to Mr. Willoughby, he marched, his eyes cold and pitiless, and his voice held no hint of indecision when he spoke. Mr. Willoughby? Yes, Dennis. Ah! <laughs> What's the matter, I got a cold? No, Mr. Willoughby, it's time we had a showdown I want more money, see? And if I don't get it, I'm walking out that door for good Here's your hat, son <laughs> And lots of luck Huh? Best offer I've had all year <laughs> Goodbye Mr. Anderson, I did it just the way you told me to, and he fired me. You don't say. Uh-huh. I guess Mr. Willoughby's a different type than the boss you talked to that way. No, I don't think so. I got fired, too. <laughs> but gosh, Daddy, what's Dennis going to do? He has no job. Now, don't worry, Mildred. Something will turn up. It always does. Did something turn up for you? Yes, indeed. I married Poopsie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And he says not to worry. If I were only fitted for some really good... This? There's an employment agency to fit it for. They give them... Yes? Yes. And we're going over there right... You're really suited for. Gee, really? Sure. Boy, let's go then. Gosh, wouldn't it be wonderful if they... (laughs) Ah, yes, Mr. Daly. So you wish us to procure employment for you, eh? Yes, Mr. Peeble. Splendid. You'll find the Peeble system of aptitude determination a modern miracle, sir. We'll begin at once. Your name, of course, is Dennis Day. Your age and weight, Mr. Day? 22 and 151. The big number is my weight. (laughs) Yes, I had a hunch about that. Your parents' names, please? Mommy and Daddy. I mean to people who didn't know them that intimately. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Patrick Day. Thank you. You were the only child? The only child who what? Just the only child. I mean, was there one child in your parents' home? Well, there was one child until I was 15. Ah. And then there was another child? No, I grew up. (laughs) How much do you want to bet? (laughs) You're a high school graduate, Mr. Day? Yes, sir. In what did you get your best grades at school? Posture. (laughs) Posture, eh? Is that all? Oh, no, sir. I once got a very good mark in a carpentry class for building a bird bath. Oh, good, good. We get I don't know how many calls every day for bird baths. (laughs) Mr. Day, there must be something you can do. 
What was your employment before the position you recently left? Oh, I was in the Navy. And how did you spend most of your time in the Navy? Gosh, you wouldn't have to ask that if you ever tried putting on those pants. <laughs> Shall we give up now, Mr. Day, or would you like to take an aptitude test first and then give up? Oh, I want the aptitude test, Mr. Peeble. I've got to find out what I'm fitted for. I think I know already. <laughs> However... Our aptitude tests are of three types, Mr. Day. Literate perception, mechanical ingenuity, and creative ability. Uh-huh. We will start with literate perception. I want you to fill in the missing word in this sentence. Yes, sir. The little boy blank the stone across the river. The missing word, please. Uh, Mississippi? <laughs> Mississippi? The little boy blank the stone across the Mississippi River? Mr. Day, can't you see there's something wrong further down in the sentence? The little boy blank? Should be little boy blue, huh? <laughs> Shall we proceed to mechanical ingenuity? Yes, we may as well. All right, Mr. Day. Suppose a heavy boulder were resting on a sheet of plate glass which you wish to avoid scratching. Would you remove it, A, by rolling it off with a lever, B, by attaching a lifting block and tackle, or C, by breaking it into smaller pieces with a sledgehammer? We've come now to creative ability. <laughs> Mr. Day, there's a Dr. Hopkins over on Maple who needs someone to answer his note on cases. You don't you talk into... <laughs> oh, yes, sir. I've even mastered dialing. Your ideal. Call on Dr. Hopkins by all means. You bet. Thank you very much, sir. Not at all. Goodbye, please. <laughs> well, hello, Dennis. Mr. Willoughby. Yes, I dropped in here to find a boy to take your place, Dennis. However, I've been thinking... If you'd like to come back at a small reduction in salary... What? What? Work on that cod liver oilery of yours? Ha! I'm sneering. Well, you got another job, huh? And what a job. I start at 200 a month, and if I make good from then on, it's $20 a week. <laughs> So go peddle your papers, horse face. <laughs> horse face? Why, you... You... Hello? Yes, this is Dr. Hopkins. Oh, hello, Mrs. Anderson. How's Mrs. Blake and the baby doing? Good. No, young Blake still isn't here. Plane must be late. It's a tough break for a brand new father, eh? Uh, tell you what, Mrs. Anderson, why don't you drop over here in about an hour? I'm sure by then he'll be. Oh, that's probably Mr. Blake in the reception room right now, Mrs. Anderson. I'll see you later. Goodbye. Come in. How do you do? <laughs> Come right in, my boy. I'm sorry we couldn't have met a little earlier, but better late than never, eh? <laughs> then you know why I'm here? Well, who should know better? Congratulations, my boy. You mean. I've already got it? Of course. 
As a matter of fact, you had it at five o'clock this morning. You must be a mind reader. <laughs> Just a doctor, my boy, that's all. And uh, if I say so myself, you're going to be mighty happy. Oh, yes, sir, I'm sure of it. Now, about the money... Oh, that's all right. Just pay me whenever you like. Uh, <laughs> I pay you? Uh, certainly. That's your best offer? <laughs> you didn't expect me to pay you, did you? Why, yes, sir, I did. At least that's the way it was on the one I had before this. Before this? Well, uh, I thought this was your first. Oh, gosh, no. I started when I was 13. <laughs> What's that? Yes, sir. Although I've never had one in a place like this before. No, eh? Well, uh... Where did you have your last one? Behind the soda fountain in a drugstore. Good gracious. And the one before that was in a shooting gallery. Well, by George. And uh, where are they all now? Oh, some I lost and some I walked out on. Man alive, you can't do things like that, Mr. Blake. Mr. Why, Blake? You... I'm not Mr. Blake. My name is Dennis Day. You're not the young man who's uh, just become a father. No, sir. I'm not doing anything right now. <laughs> you mean this is all a mistake? Yes, sir. The employment agency sent me up here about a job. Oh, so that's it. Well, I suppose you'll do as well as the next. Uh, you can start now at $7 a week. Gee, my last job paid nine. I wonder if my career has passed its peak. <laughs> Quite possibly. <clears throat> Well, I have to be getting back to the hospital. Uh, write down every message you get and be very careful about it, do you understand? Yes, sir. And contact me immediately at the hospital if you happen to run across any emergency, such as a, a burst appendix. Is that clear? Oh, yes, sir. I'll call you the minute I hear one go. <laughs> Dr. Hopkins' office, Dennis Day speaking. No, ma'am, the doctor isn't here. He's out on a call. Pardon? You're getting either the flu or pneumonia and you want some advice? Take the flu, ma'am. It's a lot cheaper. <laughs> huh? Ma'am, that isn't nice at all. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Goodbye. Gee, some people fly off the handle at the least. Mildred! Dennis, I just had it you after you spoke to me on the phone. You really left a $9 job for one that pays 7 Uh-huh. That doesn't make sense. You'll have to give this job up and get another one. Oh, no. I couldn't afford the next one. Well, you certainly can't stay on a... Gosh, someone just walked into the reception room. i better see who it is. Mildred, it's your mother. What do we do? If she finds out I work here for $7 a week answering the phone... She isn't just... going to find out. Here, quick. Put on the doctor's smock and the scar's operating. But, Mildred... Don't argue, Dennis. Do it. Here, I'll tie the strings. Now go out there and tell her the doctor isn't in. Get rid of her as fast as you can. But my voice... Disguise it some way, anyway. Now go ahead. Gosh, I'll try. Oh, hello, Dr. Hopkins. I came over to see if Mr. Blake... Why, you're not Dr. Hopkins. Uh, Dr. Hopkins, not in. So sorry. Goodbye, please. Goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> oh, please. I, I had no idea Dr. Hopkins had a Chinese associate. Oh, my, isn't that interesting? Oh, you bet, my golly. Oh, well, goodbye, please. <laughs> Oh, but, Doctor, we haven't even met. I'm Mrs. Herbert Anderson. And you? 
Dr. Fuyan Choi, ang hitang lang pang o yung mga yung nungong from Hong Kong. Could you repeat that? I doubt it. You can't repeat your own name. I try. Dr. Fuyan Choi lang chang o yung nungong. You call me Doc, eh? Goodbye, please. Goodbye. Just a moment, Doctor. I am. I've been having a little trouble lately, and I was wondering if you couldn't help me. My ailment may be right in your field. Oh, no, my field very highly specialized. Well, what is your field? Noses. Handle only noses. Well, goodbye, please. Goodbye. Oh, wait a minute. That's just where my trouble is. I've had sinus trouble for months. Why do you like that? I had whole body to pick from, too. Oh, Lily, uh, can I treat you unless you come all the same Hong Kong? Me not belong union here. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, but, Doctor, isn't there anything I can take to relieve the pain at night? Oh, that all you want? Oh, sure. Here in Cabinet, uh, plenty of medicine. What you want? This? Uh, very good medicine. Very good. Oh, so good. Oh, uh, let me see the bottle. Why, the label says this is for a foot bath. Sure. Don't want sinus trouble spreading to feet, do we? <laughs> Are you crazy? Don't you know what to prescribe? Oh, uh, hello, Mrs. Anderson. Uh, What's going on here? I'll tell you what's going on, Dr. Hopkins. Your colleague here has lost his mind. Colleague? I have no colleague. Who is this man? Well, uh, uh, Doctor, I can explain. You see, I just... Dennis Day! I should have known. Mrs. Anderson, if you'll just... So that's the way you handle your job, is it, young man? Get out of this office and never come back in here again. Okay. Gosh, if I had any sense, I'd never get up in the morning. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Willoughby. Oh, so it's you. Come crawling back to me, have you? You've got a nerve after what you said about me. But I've always spoken of you in the most complimentary terms, Mr. Willoughby. You compared my face to a horse. You certainly didn't mean that as any compliment. Oh, but I did, Mr. Willoughby. I meant a very good-looking horse. Seabiscuit, at the very least. <laughs> well, you're too late, Dennis. I've already agreed to hire another boy. Well, you can give him some excuse, Mr. Willoughby. Please, won't you take me back? Well, you have been loyal. And a hard worker. And you do get less money. All right, Dennis, I'll take you back. Oh, thank you, sir. You're the most wonderful man in the world, Mr. Willoughby. The sweetest, kindest, dearest... Hello? Willoughby Drugstore? Yes, this is Dennis Day. Oh, hello, Mr. Peeble. You mean you have another job for me? Better than the last one you got? Gosh, that's great. Who's that, Dennis? What's it to you, horse face? <laughs> what? No, no, not you, Mr. Peeble. Some jerk on this end. <laughs> Why, you... Give me the name and address, Mr. Peebles. I'll get over there right away. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Peebles. Mr. Willoughby, you know something? You're the sweetest, finest man in the whole world. Oh, no, you don't, Dennis Day. I love you, Mr. Willoughby. Could I have my job back again? No, sir. This time you're out for good. I've given your job to the boy from the employment agency. They're sending one over within an hour. I know. I'm him.
to say we'll be back in just a moment with a song. But first, here's a fact worth knowing. Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. And that's important, as our Colgate players are going to demonstrate for you. Our curtain goes up on a date where the course of true love is not running smoothly. The boy speaks. But what makes you act so funny, honey? I'm no big dame hunter. I'm the guy who's going to be your June groom. Or am I? I don't know, Tom. Right now, my mind's all in a muddle. Oh, now, see here, Pigeon. You can't falter at the altar without telling me what's tripped us up. What have I done to get out of step? Tom, I'd rather be bopped on the head than bring this up, but... Well, won't you please have a talk with your dentist? And here's what Tom found out. Scientific tests have proved that in seven out of ten cases, Colgate Dental Cream instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, Colgate Dental Cream's safe polishing agent brings out the natural sparkle of your teeth, cleans them thoroughly and safely. Yes, Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. And Colgate Dental Cream is famous for its wonderful wake-up flavor, too. In fact, nationwide tests of leading toothpaste prove that Colgate Dental Cream is preferred for flavor over other brands tested. So, to clean your teeth thoroughly and safely, for a wake-up flavor everyone enjoys, use Colgate Dental Cream. Remember, Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. Here's Dennis Day to sing Charles Dance's beautiful arrangement of... Years and years ago. Years and years ago. Jack Benny every Sunday. And be sure and be with us again next week for another Dennis Day program. More songs, more adventures in the life of our star, Dennis Day. Meanwhile, be sure to use Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth.
it's amazingly different. Not a liquid, not a soap, but a not only new cream shampoo that leaves hair soft, radiant, glamorous, and also easy to manage. It's Luster Cream Shampoo, created by Kay Dumas, who combined rich lanolin with secret ingredients. Use Luster Cream Shampoo and see how soft, how naturally lovely, how brilliantly alive and well-behaved your hair can be. Ask for Luster Cream Shampoo at cosmetic counters. This is Burn Smith reminding you that you help yourself two ways when you save all your used cooking fats and oils. First, because dealers are now paying higher prices for used fats than ever before, and that means extra money in your pocket. Second, industry needs fats and oils you save to help produce soap, automobiles, refrigerators, washing machines, all the things you want to need. What's more, the shortage of fats and oils is a worldwide problem. So keep right on saving cooking fats and oils. Use and reuse them as often as you can. And when they're no longer usable, save them in tin cans and turn them into your dealer. He'll pay you more for your used fans. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Okay, y'all, we're down to the last one now. Um, and it was a real funny one. Y'all be sure to give this one a listen to. Uh, it's called Mistaken for a Bank Robbery. Uh, Mistaken for a Bank Robber. Excuse me. Mm. <laughs> I think I need some new lips or... Some fresh done. coffee. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Colgate Dental Cream and Luster Cream Shampoo. Colgate Dental Cream, to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Luster Cream Shampoo, for soft, glamorous, dream girl hair. <laughs> the Dennis Day Show with Barbara Eiler, B. Benadera, Dink Trout, John Brown, Charles Dant and the orchestra, and yours truly, Vern Smith is written by Frank Galen and stars our popular young singer in A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. Here's Dennis to sing Cutin' and a Fightin'. Cutin' and fussin' and fightin' Sometimes it gets to be exciting. Don't like them honorary neighbors down by the creek. We'll be plumb out of neighbors next week. Grandma, poor old grandma. Why the have to shoot poor grandma? She lied, eat the clover. Someone caught her bending over. Picking up a daisy, feudin' and fussin' and a fightin'. Picking my heart, I love you. This is a wrong that needs a rightin'. Let's get that funeral service over so then we can start in a feudin' again. 
must remember this. A kiss is just a kiss, a sigh is just a sigh as time goes by. Daughter, baby daughter, she poisoned all the neighbor's chicken. Now daughter had an order. Till she could run like the Dickens They hit her with a shovel Feudin' and fighting and a fussin' No use of standin' here a cussin' Let's give our daughter a pistol Now that she's poor And go feudin' and fightin' some more Well, what do you know? Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. No other toothpaste does a better job of cleaning teeth than Colgate Dental Cream. For Colgate Dental Cream has a safe polishing agent that cleans your teeth both gently and thoroughly, brings out their natural sparkle and beauty. You can actually see and feel the difference. And scientific tests prove that Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. Yes, actual scientific tests prove conclusively that in seven out of ten cases, Colgate's instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. Colgate Dental Cream is famous for its wonderful wake-up flavor, too. Nationwide tests of leading toothpastes prove that Colgate's is preferred for flavor over every other brand tested. Yes, preferred over every other brand tested. And no wonder, for Colgate Dental Cream is the result of constant effort to produce the finest toothpaste in the world today for cleaning teeth, for flavor, for sweetening breath. So see if you don't agree with the millions who have made Colgate Dental Cream America's favorite toothpaste. Try Colgate Dental Cream to bring out the natural sparkle and beauty of your teeth for a wake-up flavor you'll thoroughly enjoy. And always use Colgate Dental Cream after you eat and before every date to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Well, they say truth is stranger than fiction, but maybe you better hold on to your hats for this one. Our own Dennis Day has been offered a job on the staff of the Weaverville Daily Bugle and to write, of all things, the society column. Well, the news is spread like wildfire. Even now, the Bugle switchboard is swamped with calls from people wishing to verify the rumor and cancel their subscriptions. <laughs> and how did it all happen? Well, that's what our young hero's girlfriend, Mildred, would like to know, too. Oh, golly, Dennis, it's just marvelous. But why should these people give an important job like that to you? Why? Well, sure, they don't know anything about you. I know, but for weeks, isn't the correct explanation. Well, what is then? Well, for weeks now, I've been sending in little squibs for their gossip columns, hoping someday to land a job. Squibs? What kind of squibs? Oh, little items that would shock and fascinate people, like who saw which film starlet at what nightclub recently with which other film stars what? <laughs> Can they print as that? Sure. Names make news, you know. <laughs> yes, I can see that. And then, of course, there's my smear campaign. Every columnist has to have one of those. Smear campaign? Sure. I say, watch this column for the name of a movie actress who's had only one husband. And then you print her name? Well, we will. We're waiting for one to turn up. <laughs> and it's items like that that got you the society editor's job? Yep. The man who has the job is quitting, and they're going to let me try it for a while. And I know I can make good. Oh, I do, too, Dennis. Golly, you'll be mingling in high society. And just think what this job can mean for the two of us. Well, uh, Mildred, it's true that the society is high, but the salary is kind of slummy. 
but surely they'll pay you more than Mr. Willoughby does. Oh, sure. Nothing is that slummy. <laughs> well, that's wonderful, then. And the prestige of it. You're going to be an important personage in this town. Yeah. People are going to recognize you at last. Yeah. And respect you. Yeah. Oh, certainly. Even my mother will respect you. Oh, girl, come now. Let's not be flighty. Janice, think of the power you'll have over her. Mother do anything to get into a society column. Gee, I never thought of that. Of course. This is your chance to assert yourself, to stand up to her, to tell her off good. Yeah, and if I got a few things to say to her, boy, how I wish I could see her face when I do. Well, why can't you? I'm not that crazy. I'm going to write her a note. No, you're not. You're going to do this in person. In person? Mildred! Janice, I tell you, there's nothing to be afraid of. Mother must have heard about your new job by now, and I'll bet her attitude towards you has changed completely. Why, well, sure, gee, if you... Janice, you darling boy! Good morning! Good morning! Yeah, looks like. <laughs> morning, Mother. Daddy. Morning, children. <laughs> Janice, is it true about you? That you're to become society editor of the Bugle? Yep, I start Monday morning. Oh, how wonderful. You'll be one of the most important men in Weaverville, Dennis. You ain't just wiggling your plates, kiddo. There's <laughs> going to be a few changes around here. Changes, dear boy? You heard me. You've been yelling and screaming at me and kicking me around long enough. I'm sick and tired of being treated like one of the family. <laughs> Why, Dennis? From now on, I want heat in my room, see? And I want the sheets of my bed changed regularly. I change them every week, Dennis. I know you do, but from now on, put on clean ones. <laughs> of course, son. Just remember, I'm a society editor. I write what I like about anybody I please. Uh, yes, I know. That reminds me, I think my shoes are a little muddy. Oh, could I shine them for you, Dennis? <laughs> could I please? You catch on quick. Hop to it, puppy. <laughs> oh, this moment. Come along, Herbert. Take it easy. I'll go when I feel like it. <laughs> Herbert, may I remind you that while Dennis's status has changed, yours is still the same. Coming, lover girl. <laughs> oh, Dennis, you were wonderful. Didn't I tell you you could stand up to her and assert yourself? Yeah, and she took it without a quiver. I think I broke her spirit. I know. And some of the things you said. Oh, that was nothing, my girl. Just wait till I start operating on Mr. Willoughby. Your boss, too? He's practically my ex-boss right now. This little ex-worm is going to turn all over him. Well, it's about time, Dennis. Do you realize you're ten minutes late? Shut up. <laughs> What did you say? You heard me, Egghead. Egghead? That's right. For almost two years now, it's been Dennis, watch the soda fountain. Dennis, sweep the floor. Dennis, do this. Dennis, do that. Work, work, work. Sixteen hours a day. Now look here. The only difference between me and Uncle Tom was that he had a cabin. <laughs> Dennis, you listen to me. Save it, Wendy. I just dropped in here to tell you that I'm through with this sweatshop. Mildred's outside waiting for me right now. Well, that's fine with me. Now get out. And take your silly telegram with you. Telegram? What telegram? Here, they phoned it in and I wrote it down. Let's see. Please disregard our appointment. Present society editor not leaving at all. Have nothing else for you at the moment. 
Are you sure you got this right, sir? Yes. I don't know what it means, but it was addressed to you. It means I love you, Mr. Willoughby. <laughs> huh? Adore you, worship you. Can't live without you, not at the moment. Oh. So now you want your job back, huh? Well, I've always spoken of this store as my second home, Mr. Willoughby. You just call it a sweatshop. My home gets overheated now and then, too. <laughs> you also said a few things about me personally. Some very nasty things, Dennis. Why, Mr. Willoughby, precious. I always speak of you in the most complimentary terms. You compared my head to an egg. You call that a compliment? Oh, yes, sir. Have you priced eggs recently? <laughs> I don't care to discuss it any further, Dennis. But think of the way I've done my job here, Mr. Willoughby. You'll never get another boy like me. That's true. I'd have to be awfully careless. <laughs> I'll do what I can to help you find another job, but you're through here. Now go. Yes, sir. Well, Dennis, did you tell him where to get off? Yeah. Well, what's the matter? I couldn't persuade him to get back on again. What are you talking about? Well, I got a wire from the paper. The society editor isn't quitting after all, so there's no job for me. Oh, my gosh. You said it. And how about your mother? After the way I talked to her, I have a feeling she isn't going to leave me with any. Any what? Feeling. Oh, dear. If that darn society editor hadn't changed his mind about leaving, everything would have... Wait a minute. Something? Yes. Suppose he did quit. Suppose some big owner of a newspaper chain offered him a better job. He'd pack up and leave, wouldn't he? Yeah. What's my name and how many papers do I publish? <laughs> Good boy. You're getting much quicker than you used to be. <laughs> Gee, look, he's got a private office. H. Austin Peterson, society editor. Do you really think he'll go for the story of me being a big publisher? Well, he will if you're careful. Just keep your ears open, and if I think you might be making a mistake of some kind, I'll, I'll sort of clear my throat, okay? Yeah, that's a swell idea. Good. Now, remember, I'm your secretary. All right, let's go. Okay. Yes? Uh, Mr. Peterson, I'm a man of few words. How would you like to work for me? Twice the salary you get here. <laughs> Why, uh, who are you? I'm a very wealthy newspaper publisher from Kansas City, Kansas and I... Kansas City? Well, imagine that. That's my hometown. <clears throat> You're telling me, and I had the whole country to pick from, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you know? So you're from Kansas City? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Kansas City, New Jersey, of course. <laughs> oh, New Jersey. I, I don't believe I ever heard of that one. Good. Well, as I say, Mr. <laughs> I want you. You're a fine newspaper man, every inch of you. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> I've tried to give my best for the fourth estate. Good boy. Of course, I'm working on my fifth already. <clears throat> Oh, really? I thought I was going pretty good there. <laughs> well, anyway, there's my proposition, Mr. Peterson. You see, I know newspaper men start at the bottom myself in a newspaper office for $20 a week. City desk? No, as I recall, the newspaper owned it. <laughs> <laughs> Is there something the matter with the young lady's throat? My secretary? Oh, she just has a little cold. Now, you'd better stop talking before she gets pneumonia. Oh, Mr. Day's a little eccentric, like all geniuses, Mr. Peterson. But I assure you, he's a splendid newspaper publisher. You bet. Take an editorial, Miss Anderson. You mean now? Sure. I got a great idea to build up circulation. We're going to lampoon some big public figure. Call up Winchell and the other boys and see who isn't taken. I think this has gone far enough. 
All right, friend, what's the game? Game? Why, there's no game. Oh, it's I... no use, Dennis. He's on to it. Dennis, eh? Dennis Day. I thought that name was familiar. You're the little man who was after my job. Oh, no, sir. I just thought as long as you were quitting... I didn't quit. They fired me. Only I don't stay fired very long. I know where too many bodies are buried in this town. That's how I make my living, friend, from people who don't want certain stories in the paper. Gee, you mean you aren't wholesome? (laughs) So what? Now beat it, both of you. But isn't there any way for Dennis to get some kind of a job on that paper? Maybe a reporter's job. Let him do what I did. Come up with a scoop, an exclusive. They hired me to get the story I had. Gee, there's only one way I could do that, Mildred. Go home and tell your mother I'm not going to be a society columnist. I can see the headline now. What? Day draws to a close. Continue this rather harrowing day in the life of Dennis Day in just a moment. Meanwhile, here's Dennis to sing Don't You Love Me Anymore. Lately, whenever you hold me, you don't hold me tight. Don't you love me anymore? Lately, I have to remind you night, don't you love me anymore? I remember when I used to thrill you to the sky. Now I notice when we kiss, don't even close your eyes. Maybe I'm just being silly to feel like I do. I, the one that you Well, it looks like our hero's newspaper job has gone a glimmering, and so beaten he's made his sad way back to Willoughby's store to get his things knowing full well as he steps through the back door that nothing newsworthy ever happens in Weaverville. Say, wait a minute. Who are these two suspicious-looking characters hanging around the front of the store? Okay, Sam, I got the door right where I want it. You sure you've seen this Willoughby go out now? These daylight hoists make me nervous. Ah, there ain't a soul here, I tell you. You stay here and watch the door. I'll take care of the cash register. Make it fast, Monk. Take it easy. I'll have everything. Oh, yes, sir. Can I help you? Stand where you are, cousin. Oh, are we related? <laughs> no, cousin, but you're about to treat me like one of the family anyway. Do you know I've got in my hand? How could I? It's in your pocket. Hey, wait a minute. You just gave me a great idea. Suppose, now just suppose you had a gun in that pocket. Suppose you had come in here to rob this store. Of course, it's ridiculous. Huh? Oh, please don't be insulted. Oh, contraire. I'm fascinated. Look, would you do me a favor? A favor that means everything to me? I need a news story badly. Would you pretend to hold up this store? Pretend to hold up the store? Sure. Walk out with the safe in the cash register. <laughs> oh, I, I know what you're thinking, that my mind is beginning to wander. Oh, who cares? It's fun following it. <laughs> well, would you do it for me? Take the stuff up to your house or someplace for a day or two? My boss won't mind. He's promised to help me. And it'll make a marvelous story, don't you think so? Oh, I just know I'm going to tell it to my kids. <laughs> Okay, pal, you got a deal. Oh, bless you. Sam, forget the door and come here. 
This kid wants we should take all the stuff out of this store and hide it in our house for him. Monk, you promised me you wasn't going to touch the stuff while we you was working. Ah, uh, this is on the level, Sam. That's what the kid wants us to do. It's a sort of a game. That's right, sir. Say, might be jolly good sport at that, huh? Let's play. Well, you two grab the safe and carry it out to your car, and I'll take the cash register. Right. Let's go with the safe, Monk. Okay. Follow me, boys. Steady now. Yeah, there we go. Say, uh, pal, you don't know any other places where we could play this game, huh? No, I'm afraid not. Ah, too bad. I was kind of hoping it was a trend. Hey, wait a minute. A series of robberies. That would be even a bigger story. Oh, but you've sacrificed enough of your time already. I wouldn't dare ask any more. Ah, go on. Dare. Well, if you'll be over at the Anderson House, 312 Elm Street, about 8, we'll clean that out, too. Keep the silverware polished, pal. We'll be there. Come on, Monk. Thanks a million, fellas. So long. Gee, what a story this will make. You see, Dennis, when you need a great idea, it comes right out of your own little head. You don't have to go... Dennis, what are you doing here? Oh, I just came back to get my things, Mr. Willoughby. Do you know those two men who just drove off? Oh, sure. They're very good friends of mine. Oh. Oh, good. <laughs> Shows you what imagination can do. They, they look to me just like the two crooks in the circular we got. In this... Circular? <laughs> yeah. You know, from the police. They're supposed to be in the town, sir. Dennis, what's the matter with you? Your face is turning blue. Yes, sir. It may never be any other shade from now on. <laughs> Oh, my soul and body. What did Mr. Willoughby say when he found out? Nothing. He just stood there cracking his knuckles. Is that all? It was enough. He was cracking them against my skull. <laughs> oh, golly. All the same, his indifference to me has ripened into hatred. Oh, darn it all. Why couldn't something like that happen to that blackmailing Austin Peterson instead of you? If he made a blunder like that, they'd fire him and... The... Say. Wow, what an idea. Huh? What is it? How do I know? I don't explain him. I just see him coming. It's this, Dan. If he turned in a fake story and got shown up, he'd be through. Yes, I guess he would. Right. Now, let's see. What kind of a story would a man like that be interested in? I've got it. Ever hear of a love nest? You bet. It's a candy bar. <laughs> I'm talking about a secret rendezvous. A lover's hideaway. Oh, that stuff. Yes. Now, listen. You get Mr. Peterson on the phone and tell him you're sorry for what you did to him this afternoon. And you want to make amends by tipping him off yeah. to a great story. When he hears the likeness, he'll come up putting it over here and look at Hey, if you're not on the level this time. Shh, of course I am. Here, you can see them through the window. See, she's holding hands with a Cuban boyfriend. Didn't I tell you? Wait a minute. That's the dame who was with you this morning, your secretary. I know, but in private life, she's my wife. Come on, I've been after that Latin gigolo of hers for a long time. Hey, wait. Put away that gun. Don't be silly. Let's go. Aha! So, I've caught you two at last. Oh, Dennis. Caramba, it is your Uzban, Chiquita Tortilla. <laughs> Time 
this, Gonzales. Now you must die. Oh, no, no, Dennis. Spare me, senor. Do not shoot me down. No, I This is it, Gonzales. Die. This is it, Gonzales. Die. This is it, Gonzales. Die. Gonzales, you shall die as you've lived by the night. Whoever said Vaudeville was dead. <laughs> Take that, Gonzales. Oh. Dennis, he's dying. What have you done? Killed him, wouldn't you say? You uh, would, huh? See, see. Do you not see the blood on the shirt front? Yes. I can even see the chopped olives and onions in it. Heinz's, isn't it? No, it's his. That's what makes Spanish blood so hot. What kind of a chump you take me for, Dave? This is... Hiya, pal. Here we are, friend. Right on a dot of eight. Oh, my gosh. The two crooks. Sure, you invited the... Sam, he's got a gun. Dennis, quick, point it at them. Huh? Oh, oh yeah. All right, you two. Stick him out. Or stick him down. Or stick him where you're supposed to stick him. <laughs> How do you like that? A crap. Hold them, Dennis. I'll call the police. Right, keep them up, you. Boy, you really pour it on, don't you, Dave? But this is no fake. These two are wanted by the police, and I've captured them single-handed. Yeah, and when you get them downtown, I'll bet one of them turns out to be Judge Crater. Well, so long, kid. Wait, Mr. Peterson. This is the biggest story you ever had. Gee whiz. There'll be a prowl car here in two minutes. Well, where's Mr. Peterson? He left without the story. Wonderful. Now it's your story. I'll bet you can sell it for a hundred dollars. Yeah, and you'll be the biggest hero in town. Mr. Willoughby will give you your job back in a minute. Gee, I lead an unpredictable life, huh? Look, kid, now, don't you move either, you guys. I'll let you have it with this gun. Oh, that's right. I forgot it isn't... Whoops, what I nearly said. <laughs> Dennis Day will be back in just one minute to sing How Soon. But first... Dream girl, dream girl, beautiful luster cream girl, hair that gleams and glistens from a luster cream shampoo, hair bright, washed right, easy to do and dress right, hair that's soft and silky from a luster cream shampoo. Yes, Luster Cream Shampoo leaves hair with new three-way loveliness. Fragrantly clean, glistening with sheen, soft and easy to manage. Be a dream girl, a lovely Luster Cream girl. Dream girl, dream girl, beautiful Luster Cream girl. You owe your crowning glory to a Luster Cream Shampoo. Charles Dant and the orchestra, Dennis returns to our microphone to sing How Soon. How soon will I be seeing you? How soon I wish I really knew. And Tender little 
Tune in to another Dentist Day show brought to you by Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and Luster Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous, dream girl hair. Remember, doctors prove the palm olive plan brings two out of three women lovelier complexions in 14 days. And this beauty plan with palm olive soap was tested on women with all types of skin. Dry, oily, even skin that was not clear. Yes, 36 doctors proved the 14-day palm olive plan improves all types of skin, brings fresher, brighter, younger-looking complexions. So get palm olive soap and start your 14-day palm olive plan now. This is Vern Smith reminding you that Dennis Day returns again next week, same time, same station. Join us then, won't you? Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. As bad as I hate to, y'all, um, we're going to have to get up and get out here and make room for somebody else. So I uh, hope y'all have enjoyed the show. And uh, next week we'll be doing Gunsmoke. No, is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. and, and then next week we'll be doing Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. So, anyway, y'all have a good week. Take care. Come back. And, or as we say down here, y'all come. Bye-bye. Bye.